people in this world that did not tune in to the Alliance Vlog Podcast. Shame on you! Shame on you! My name is Ella Indy and I'm one half of the NWA Women's World Tag Team Champion. And I'm Kinsey Page, the other half of the NWA World Women's Tag Team Champion. And you better go listen to the Alliance Vlog, what is it called? Podcast! Period! You're ugly! Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one full crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Dubby. Know it is the radioactive Papa Danny Lama, United Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. Make sure you tune into the Alliance Vlog every week. You heard it here first. Straight with Papa. Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. We are live here at the Alliance Vlog Studios or something like that. This is the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is Jay Cal. It's easy for me to say. With me are my two pals, my friends, my confidants. We've got Jaden and we've got DKM. Gentlemen, welcome. Jaden, how are you doing today? I've been better, um, but I'm here. And Mr. DK? What? What? Yeah, well, drink the malt. Uh, for the record, Jaden, you were never really here. I was never really there. Or here. No, it's not. No, it's not. I don't know. He's certainly not all there. Not in the slightest. Hey, have you guys been keeping up with some of the news and information from the National Wrestling Alliance? Yes, thanks to my sources at alliance-wrestling.com, I know all kinds of things going on right now in the NWA. That's that's awesome. Thank you. By the way, I finally decided to do it, guys. I finally took out my Hayabusa action figure out of the box, and it it felt weird to do that. I don't know. It doesn't. No, it's not any better when I pull out. But that's what your wife said. That's why I have three kids instead of one. Yeah, I was going to say that's what his wife wishes, but anyway. Hey, if my pullout game was strong, there wouldn't be a Piper. Holy shit, I just said that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the great thing is it's going to be on the internet forever. and It's going to be a part of her therapy session. And when she gets married, I'm going to send that. Please do not do that. <laughs> uh, our I, pals, make, I make no promises. Our pals Lou and Sam are in the chat. Um, I'm sure there's more people because it says there's four people watching. So, I mean, unless 
That's you guys on your YouTube. I don't know. Uh, but this is the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. We, I, will be in St. Louis representing the Alliance Guys, along with my pals Dave Scooby and Tim from the other Alliance Guys. Sure be nice if you were there, DKM. I know I know Jaden doesn't care, but DK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You can, you can put in a new HR payroll software. I mean, they need you for that. Apparently. I keep telling them they don't, but they don't listen to me. Yeah, well. DK, uh, from personal experience, it's probably better that you are there because I've been through companies that thought they could do things on their own without their uh, proper department in doing so. And let's just say there's some of those companies have seen some financial difficulties after that. <laughs> That's fair. I uh, did you do either one of you guys celebrate the uh, time honored tradition of Prime Day where Optimus Prime gave his life for our uh, discounts and deals? Well, funny story I bought stuff on Prime Day, not having any idea it was Prime Day, I just needed to buy stuff. What you mean it was behind like you already owned it? No, it, in other words, I. I went out and bought some stuff that I was needing or wanting from Amazon on Prime Day, but I did. I wasn't buying it because it was Prime Day. Ah, uh, you were un. Uh, you were celebrating uh, unofficially. Un- yeah, unawarely. <laughs> I, he's not a. He's not a practicing transformer. Exactly. Shame on you! Shame on you! I actually bought myself a new desk which is sorely needed because as you can see, I, I mean, I zoomed in, but I'll zoom out real quick. I'm running out of space over here. There's no room for anything. I've got like three pieces that are doing the job that one can be doing a lot better. So uh, I will be and, and wrestling. We know how important doing the job is. Yeah. Well, time on a tradition. Anyways. So the new computer desk is coming. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then once that gets here, like game changer, cause then we're going to start putting stuff up here on this wall. So we'll have a, you know, Hayabusa won't be hiding here in the corner. He'll be right here, uh, where he should be with the namesake, you know, that's flying Falcon. You know that, right? It's a red Falcon, like the Hayabusa. Come on. You guys never put this together. I don't know who you are. All right. Well, I- I'm J Cal. If that's your real name, it's not actually. It's not my. It's it's not my God given name. Um, uh, Luthes has had a slab of pappies with DKM's name on it. Yeah, I mean, DKM's gonna be missing out on some sweet barbecue, and I know he's a barbecue guy. I know it, but um, oh, I know that uh, I know Luthes will be there, and and. And I, I think Sam is going to come too. I mean, he Sam made this pretty awesome video on uh, on uh, Instagram. I know both of you guys have Instagram, so you may have seen it, where he shared the video of me talking about him potentially going to St. Louis to announce that he is going to St. Louis. So uh, someone's actually doing something proper with this recordings that we're doing. I wish I was clever enough to do something uh, with this uh, material, but none, nonetheless. Sam Retro is going to be there. Luthez is going to be there. Tim from uh, the other Alliance guys and the wonderful Raluchador will be there. 
uh, I think Lou, I think you're bringing your, your, uh, your partner. I don't know what to call her, but I think you're bringing somebody. And then, uh, Dave Scooby will be there. I'll be there and we'll be handing out, uh, some cool swag for the Alliance guys. So if you haven't made plans to come and you're on the fence about it, like if a free t-shirt might convince you to come, uh, you should come. All right. Uh, Uh, You know, I I keep telling myself that we should really get this show a little bit more organized, but I never do it. What were you about to say, uh, Jade? So I heard some rumors going about the national championship. Can somebody enlighten me what's going on to that particular prestigious and beautifully designed, not at all ugly belt? So our national champion... Um, as it were, so it so so it bees, uh, made uh, his second title defense in um, so many days. You got to remember, uh, he did defend the title at the um, Cooper Cares event, and he defended that against uh, Mr. Jordan Clearwater. And then, of course, last night he uh, he wrestled in a match against Silas Mason. It was a rematch from the Crockett Cup. It's an opportunity for Silas Mason to shine, and, and boy, did he. he! Looked terrific in that match. Really gave, uh, and we'll get more into it later. Really gave uh, a lot of uh, offense to uh, to Ethan Carter the third. But post match, we got this. Yeah, heartbreaking loss for Silas Mason, but EC3 with another big victory here on NWA Power, holding the gold, a dominant champion. As Silas Mason once again bloodied in this battle over the national. Wait a minute. Just dropped it. And I edited the footage just because I didn't want to get a copyright strike against me. I'm hoping it's going to work. We'll see. Fair usage. Hey, speaking of that, why wait until we talk about power? Because maybe we can avoid it if we bring it. But wasn't it amazing? How EC3 drops the belt and the announced crew knows exactly what that means. Yeah, well, yes. I, I mean, like, so let's be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think we can stay on this. Perfectly honest. <laughs> well, if we're talking about the national championship and the prestigious title that dates back to well before the lightning one era. If we talk about the national championship and, and, and those who've held it in the past and I'm getting ready to pull it up here. Cause I thought I had it on my screen, but now I don't, um, you know, this was a title that was very significant to the national wrestling Alliance for a very long time. Not just, not just, a, you know, in the lightning one era, but I mean, we're going back to like the nineties when the NWA kind of was, um, trying to reinvent itself. Like there was so much uh, turmoil after 1993 when Ric Flair and the NW and the uh, WCW departed from the NWA. So things changed very rapidly for the national wrestling Alliance uh, from that 93 to 94 year. But that national championship is something that holds on from that time. I mean, it, it goes all the way back to uh, I think they crowned the new national champion in 1997 when the late uh, Big Slam, which was a, a gimmick homage to uh, 
Big Van Vader won that title. And I mean, throughout the years, it was held by guys like Salvatore Sincere and Doug Gilbert, Steve Richards and Don Brody and Kevin Northcutt and uh, Hot Stuff Hernandez and Ricky Murdoch and The Spider and Big Bully Douglas and Chance Prophet and Pepper Parks and, uh, you know, Phil Shatter and Cahagas and Damian Wayne, Bordell Walker, uh, Lou Marconi, Phil Monahan, uh, Jax Dane, Eric Andrews, John Saxon, Greg Anthony, Mustang Mike, Jake Logan, and uh, Cahagas was the last person to hold it prior to Lightning One uh, buying the NWA. But as we all know, uh, during that time, the, the NWA National Championship was kind of like the number two title in, or excuse me, it was technically the number three title in the company until, uh, you know, because uh, there was the North American champion that was kind of seated higher. Uh, am I right, DK? Am I, am, you look, you look like confused a little bit. No, you're right. I, uh, people don't realize too, at one time, other than the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the NWA National Championship was the most seen champion, the championship most seen on television anywhere in the country because of the um, power of the Superstation TBS right. and Georgia Championship Wrestling. The national title was often showcased on their Saturday night and, and other broadcasts that they had. And because of such, you don't see the WWF championship defended on TV. Often you don't see the NWA championship defended on TV almost ever, but that national championship was seen countrywide, national wide. And it was a big deal for anybody who held that championship during that period. And, and the, the, the history of that title really goes back to the eighties when Jack Briscoe won it. You know, I, I was kind of given the abridged version, you know, starting post uh, Jim Crockett promotions there. But I mean, Tommy Rich, the mass superstar, uh, Ron outlaw, Ron Bass, Buzz Sawyer, Paul Orndorff, uh, you know, uh, Larry Zabisco, Mr. Wrestling 2, Ted DiBiase, uh, Ron, Ron Garvin, Terry Taylor, Buddy Landell, Dusty, Tolly, Wahoo McDaniel, Nikita Koloff. I mean, that's that's quite an impressive list of names just right there. For awesome. What's that? Ted, DK, what was that? You forgot Austin Idol. You know, so, okay, so it depends on which lineage you're looking at. Um, because, like, uh, and I'm looking at cage match. There is the world. There, there. Okay, so there's the national championship that they connected um, this way, which is uh, the Georgia Championship Wrestling and the NWA of the, of yesteryear. But then there's like the, um, the, there's another version of that national title that Austin idol held. So there's always been that, that conflicting uh, lineage. And of course there isn't, you know, there is no wrong idol because Billy owns all of it. Right. Um, well, the Austin idol was the national champion for a Georgia promotion, but, Problem is, there was more than one promotion in Georgia that was act, that were actually NWA members, and I believe he did make appearances on Georgia Championship Wrestling. But yeah, he was he, considered the national television champion. Well, right. Well, well, he held that title as well. 
and he uh, he actually won the Georgia championship at one point too. I don't remember the whole story. So and, so as I'm I'm looking at cage match, and again, it's not 100 percent efficient. the The better site is actually wrestling titles histories, but um, cage match is a little bit uh, quicker to use. And as I'm looking at it, they say that uh, throughout the 80s, specifically 79 to um, you know the end of 1980, uh, Austin Idol held the NWA National Television Championship, and then would later hold later in the year would hold the Georgia Heavyweight Championship. Um, but I don't see where he held a different version of the national championship. So his title was the NWA National Television Title. And he well, the, the, the net, yeah, that's weird. The national television championship evolved out of the Georgia television championship. The Georgia television title going vacant, and then when they brought it back, they were calling it the national. So I'm not exactly sure what title Austin originally held. They the cage match lists him, and I'm only going off of what cage match says. I'm not saying that's right or wrong or indifferent. Just the information presented in front of me shows that Idol uh, held that title, and he he beat Stephen Travis to win the title in Atlanta, Georgia. Held it for about two weeks before losing it to Kevin Sullivan, then somehow regained it. Excuse me, he beat Ray Candy to win the title initially. Lost it to Steve Travis regained it from Travis, uh, but only held it for about two weeks before Kevin Sullivan took it. And then Idol won it a third time before losing it to Tommy Rich. So what's going on with the national championship now then? Well, for the second time in three years, which is not a lot, but kind of more than you would think, the national championship is being vacated before the anniversary show in an effort to um, gain an opportunity. Now we saw Chris Adonis do this two years ago, uh, before the 73rd anniversary show. Um, and his point to do it was, uh, you know, depending on who you want to believe, Nick Aldis said that he was doing it to gain an opportunity to challenge for the world's heavyweight title. We all knew it was just an opportunity for, uh, Adonis to help keep Trevor Murdoch from winning that, uh, battle Royal on an episode of power. He, advocated the national championship only to win it back shortly thereafter. However, uh, Mr. Uh, EC3, Ethan Carter of the third has now used his uh, clause as the number one contender uh, for the world's heavyweight championship to uh, relinquish the title and challenge uh, Tyrus at the 75th anniversary show. So that's official. Then we're going to get a world heavyweight championship match of Tyrus, everybody's favorite champion, <laughs> versus EC3. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing about this is, like, uh, in the past, I don't remember the national champion ever having to relinquish that title to call in his number one contender. I mean, is is that something that's new to you guys too, or is am I crazy here? Yeah, that's a stupid booking. Yeah, that's that's a booking thing. They've actually done it once before, uh, not in the wrestling world. Paul Orndorff was set to challenge Ric Flair for the world heavyweight title, and he vacated the national championship so he could concentrate on training for his match with Flair. 
which of course he didn't win the world title, then was in the tournament and lost the tournament for the national championship in the finals to uh, Scott Irwin as the super destroyer. Uh, won it back from him, lost it to Mass Superstar a couple of weeks later, won it back from him, and then that was his prolonged reign as champion. And there, before he lost it to Killer Tim Brooks, who sold it to Larry Sabisco, and Orndorff was out. In recent memory, we know that Jack Stane unified the North American Championship with that national title in an effort to gain that uh, the attention of the NWA Board of Directors to get an opportunity to wrestle against uh, Hiroshi Tenzin for the 10 pounds of gold. But I don't think he, uh, he had to forfeit the titles to do that, did he? No, he, uh, he had forfeited the titles because he was injured. I, if you believe the original plans, the idea was for him to hold all three titles at the same time. You know, be like a true triple crown champion. Whereas Cahagas had held all the titles at some point in his career. Dane would be, would hold the national North American and world titles. But when he suffered his injury, he, he gave up the national and North American titles. I want to say that he regained one of the titles before uh, before challenging for the world champion, no? Nope. He, like, that was his first match back. He won the world oh, title. okay. I, I know it was, about, it was roughly about eight years ago, and I know because you reported on Alliance-Wrestling.com. It's actually on August 29, 2015, that uh, Jack Stain defeated New Japan Pro Wrestling star Hiroshi Tenzin. Uh, you were there, I believe. Yep, I was. And uh, uh, Dane uh, uh, Tenzin had won the title from Rob Conway on Valentine's Day in 2015 when he defeated Iron Man Rob Conway in Sendai, Japan. So uh, Dane's uh, meteoric rise uh, had him touring with New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, having matches in Taipei and uh, Taipei, Taiwan, too. Uh, most recently, Dane had defeated Tim Storm in a very high-profile bout in Las Vegas, Nevada, to become the first-ever unified NWA North American National Heavyweight Champion in history. Uh, but, yeah, I guess we didn't <laughs> we didn't document then if he had forfeited the title to do so, but uh, you said it was after his uh, surgery. So, yeah. So, Okay, so I mean, there really isn't a precedent then that you have to relinquish that title. No, in fact, several national champions back in the day would challenge for the world champion since they were the top contender. Tommy Rich had a few matches with for the title when he was national champion. In fact, sometimes they would use that as the stepping stone to challenge Flair. Well, and that's like we. I remember when when we were talking about the NWA, um, the wilderness era or the post-TNA era, whatever you want to call it, um, it was always that the North American title was considered the number, one's con- number one contender to the World's Heavyweight Championship, and the national title was always like the number two ranked competitor. In fact, for a brief time, and I don't <laughs> – let's, let's pull the curtain back a little bit. For a brief time, 
uh, it was the Alliance guys that were actually setting up uh, the rankings for Pro Wrestling Illustrated when it came to the NWA. Nobody, shh, that's our little secret, guys. And it was always based with the fact that the World's Heavyweight Champion would be your number one wrestler. And then, the, the excuse me, the number one contender for the World's Heavyweight Championship was always the North American Champion. And the number two was always the National Champion. Didn't matter who else was beneath them. I don't remember doing that that way for me. I just you, I just think it worked out that way. But I always remembered if, if for some reason the national champion was defending more than the North American or something like that, I would have put him higher. Well, we left Pierce, I think, as number one contender one time in between title reigns. Yeah, and I think that was because uh, he was <laughs> – it's oddly enough, I just posted this in the Discord um, that uh, when the Sheik uh, – when the Sheik left the company – he didn't really forfeit the title because he took it with him. Um, and they set up the matchup that it would be the national champion, Chance Prophet, the North American champion. Um, I just forgot his name. Sean Tempers. Sean Tempers, thank you. And Adam Pierce were all added to the uh, main event of the Ohio State Fair show that took place in August of, I think it was 2008 or something like that. Uh so yeah, um, so it's happening again. The national champion uh, has now been advocated. Uh, Adonis had made it perfectly clear. Excuse me, uh, EC3 had made it clear uh, even before Crockett Cup he, he, at three one two. Before three one two, the the matches that were leading up to the three one two pay per view, we had G's and uh, EC3 kind of um, trying to get on uh on uh, tyrus's radar now tyrus and adonis was the match that was booked for 312 but if you had watched any of the programming from that era you would see black g's and and ec3 trying to get tyrus's attention trying to get a, an opportunity trying to to get a, a world title match and when those uh pleas fell on deaf ears uh ethan carter uh became the national champion and uh forced the issue DK, you're scratching your neck. Did I lose you? You still there? No, I'm actually looking at uh, some information on what happened with the national title at the beginning. And so it's it's really weird. <laughs> it, it had a weird start. Well, it ha- it's continuing with its weird start. I mean, uh, having the title be forfeited for a second time in three years, that seems kind of odd. No? Uh it was let me try to find the right word that's not just an insult it probably wasn't the best move considering what had been done uh previously with adonis uh for whatever reason they've never treated the national title's always been their hot shot title i mean but it, it changed hands more than almost any of their other belts or it's changed hands almost more than any of their other belts and it's, it's like they don't know what to do with it i mean i think one of the longest people to hold it was adonis and he almost never defended it the weirdest thing is adonis is one of these guys that wrestles everywhere but when he was national champion really didn't defend the title anywhere but in the nwa and even his defenses, like as the first run as world champion, he had zero defenses. Excuse me, 
as national champion, had zero defenses. His second reign as champion was a little bit more uh, productive, but even still, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't call him a journeyman. I mean, when you look at that national championship and then the short time that it's existed in this modern NWA, you know, Willie Mack, they were planning to do a whole second version of the 10 Pounds of Gold series with Willie Mack where he was going to take the title to every state in the union, right? They were going to have him wrestle everywhere in the continental U S and uh, that was like, that was what the plan was before obviously contract issues with AAA and everything else came up. Uh, then, then, you know, Colt Cabana gets the title and it starts to kind of make some brief appearances with ring of honor and, and the issues with James storm showed up. And then, you know, they hot shot, you're right. They hot shot the belt onto James storm. They kick off power as James Storm as your national champion, and he's making overtures to Nick Aldis and the 10 pounds of gold. Next thing you know, Colt Cabana's got the title back. Before long, after Colt loses the belt to Aaron Stevens, um, Stevens, the only place he defended it outside of the NWA was in primetime live on the United Wrestling Network because at that point we were in a pandemic. There wasn't a whole lot of wrestling going on. Uh, He drops the belt to, uh, of course, uh, Trevor Murdoch, during the pandemic, he takes the title, wrestles one time at South uh, Southern Wrestling Entertainment, SWE Fury, did their TV show, had a, a nice title match there, actually. And then right around that time, the NWA came back. His feud started with Adonis, but really the whole while as national champion, he was eyeballing Nick Aldis. We see that, uh, you know, the whole history repeating itself. Last year, we had a TV champion, uh build his way to get that world's heavyweight championship. And now it seems like we're going back again with EC three. Now your NWA national champion is, uh, well now vacating the national championship is trying to secure his title match with, uh, with, uh, Tyrus. Yeah. I mean, just looking back at the history since lightning one, which by the way, Willie Mack held the title almost six months. Yeah. He defended it in Ring of Honor. He defended it in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, well, I, what you were talking about the series that they were talking about doing. They talked about it shortly after he won the title, but in the six months, they never did anything with it. That's true. So, um, so, so and it was more than just Willie McNeen dropped the title. Right? Something they just never went with. But Mac held it six months, then Cabana, who held it two. James Storm held it three. Cabana held it one and a half. Stevens held it a long time, but that was... Pandemic-influenced. Pandemic. Murdoch held it about six months, but that was partly pandemic. Yep. Adonis held it under two months before he vacated. And then he... After he uh, vacated, that was the first decent length reign. He held it for 249 days, so June to February. And But he didn't defend it much, and even May Valentine brought up that he didn't defend it much. Because <laughs> it was supposed to, it went to USA. It was supposed to star as the USA thing or whatever. Yeah. And it still didn't. He still wasn't really defending it. Uh, Mayweather won it long enough to lose it to Dane. They didn't really do much with Dane with it, although I heard that Dane was wrestling with an injury. And then the next one was Sion. Sion took it, 
Sion took it out and he, he was actually wrestling a lot in the, the Chicago Indy area. The Midwest Indies had yeah. a few title defenses. And he held it for a good amount of time. It looks like, oh, maybe nine months or so. Yeah. Uh, lost it to EC3, who only held it three months. Yeah. And of those three months, really hasn't done much with it. Remember, uh, the Chicago pay-per-view happened in early April uh, before the NWA went to Australia, and he wasn't a part of that. Now, I know he took the belt and and did some things with Ohio Valley, like showing the belt. In fact, it's funny because EC3 has two upcoming bookings that were uh, advertised as national title matches. Obviously, that's going to change as well. But he had a, a, a show in Colorado and a show in Texas where he was supposed to be defending the uh, national title, but obviously that's changed as well. Um, I have, I've left it up on the screen for a minute, but James H. Jackson says, I honestly would be happy if the national title went away for a while. And I kinda... have... go ahead, Jane. Honestly, I'd happy if a lot of championships went away for a while, they should have the world, the women's, the tag, the junior, and maybe that's it. You would, you would scratch the TV title. I'd scratch the TV title. It's kind of pointless right now. I'd scratch the women's tag. Nothing personal. It's just kind of pointless. Um, I would scratch the women's TV. It's kind of pointless. Uh, am I missing anything? Mm. Six men that they're probably going to do eventually. I'd no, scratch I, don't think, too. I think they find. I think they they read the writing on the wall and that didn't make a lot of sense for them. So I don't think they pulled the trigger on that, but uh, yeah, I mean, to what, what James is saying, like, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I would go as full kilt as you did uh, Jaden with uh, eliminating all of those championships, but I, I don't feel like at this point in time that we need a national and a television title when both of them kind of uh, aren't really defended as frequently as they should be like the tv title should be a weekly thing or at least every two weeks right and even in lately with the nwa's inconsistency on putting out a regular weekly program with fresh content not stuff that's been filmed for months and months before it it just kind of feels like maybe you're right that uh less is more in this situation the national title uh at the very least you know I, I, I try not to do too much fantasy booking, and I said this in the uh, in the Discord server, just because all the ideas I come up with and I think are going to be fun and great and, and awesome, then I get disappointed when it's not even close. Like, nothing even close happens to that. But, like, um, what if the national title, you went on a AAA wrestler and had a few appearances in AAA for a while and kind of just out of our visibility? Now, if you're going to have it, it should be out there. But what really tell me what match for the national championship, what match for the TV championship has really, really meant more just because it was for the championship? What match couldn't they just have done that was for those match for that championship just as a feud that would have meant any less than those championship matches? There isn't one. I don't consider not not in a while, at least not since. The championship was defend. The TV championship was defended regularly. The ones not since, uh, probably honestly, the Cabana was the last truly defending national champion, in my opinion. If they were first of all, if they were going to take the belt off of just have them drop it. They should have had somebody screw uh, 
screw EC3 out of the national championship and give it to the Thrillbilly. Because now whoever it wins, it's the paper champion. They didn't beat the former champion. I agree with that. So why don't you just give it to the Thrillbilly, have Tyrus, I don't know if Tyrus is there, but have Tyrus screw uh, EC3 over to build that match. I think, you know, I want them to do away with title back when Adonis gave it up. Yeah. I said that's the perfect time. Put it on the shelf. Just stop talking about it. You didn't have to do anything formal. Just stop talking about the title and focus on the thing. Uh, to answer one of Jane's questions, though, I do feel like Clearwater Mims meant more because there was the TV title. They had two to three matches involving the TV title that worked out well. Uh, if both like when the Pope had it and kind of when Clearwater first had it, I think it can mean something. The problem was they put it on Tyrus and killed the fucking thing. And then haven't really bounced back a lot. Uh, part of the problem with Latimer's title defenses is that you're not expecting anyone to beat him for it. But you don't really know what they're doing with it. Yeah, and I, I feel like the thing is when they had the title on Pope, and I, we're supposed to be talking national title, but let's we'll get in the TV title a bit. When they had the TV title on the Pope, and they had so many frequent challenges for that. Like if if the Pope wasn't defending the title on Power, then it usually meant that there was a match to crown a number one contender, be it Matt Cross or Zicky. Well, I guess not Zicky Dice. Matt Cross or Tyrus or. Uh, Colby Carino. I mean, they, they were always having these n- number one contender matches for the TV title. That certainly made the title felt like more valuable. And now, you know, we don't have, like, they just give title matches to anybody for asking for them now. Um, you know, recently, uh, to answer Jane's question, a TV title match that felt important because there was a title on the line, they had EC3, who was your national champion, versus. Uh, Tom Latimer, who was the TV champion, it was for the TV title, and that kind of felt special in that. Well, if either one of these men win this title, you know, win the match, if Tom wins the match but not the national title, does he leapfrog uh, EC3 in the in the pecking order because he just beat the national champ or national champion? And and con, con, contrarily, if EC3 beats Tom Latimer and becomes a double champion, then he has absolutely all the power to challenge for the 10 pounds of gold because he's got the other two belts. Guess in retrospect, I'm glad he didn't do it because he would have gave up two belts then. Yeah. Well, actually, that was kind of a weird thing because then they had uh, Latimer. Uh, well, they had Latimer challenge for the national championship. And lose, and so it looked like they were trying to set up some kind of rubber match, and then it just disappeared. Yeah, I, uh, no, they never had Latimer challenge for the national title. I thought yes, they he did. did. Yeah. yeah, he did. The last pay per view, the one I actually watched, um, the they gave the option Latimer can defend his TV title or he can go after the national title, and Latimer, like a heel said he wants the national title in a heelish way, even though it's supposed to be a babyface. And that match with EC3 and Latimer was for the national title, and uh, EC3 beat him. You're right. You are right. I apologize. See, I actually watch a pay-per-view. I can remember some stuff. 
your memory is better than mine. So yeah, so so it just as it goes back to the Latimer EC3 deal, Latimer defended the TV title against EC3 that hit a time limit draw that was on an episode of Power. Then uh, at the at the uh, uh, Crockett Cup night two, EC3 challenged Latimer. Okay, all right, you were dead on right with uh, what you said. Uh, yeah, but anyway, they made it sound like they were going to set up a rubber match or some kind of thing, but they never did. And so, I, I don't know. It's just weird. And it's just me or just Crockett Cup felt like it didn't mean anything this year. Um, I'm starting to feel that way about a lot of what's happening in the NWA. Um, yeah, Crockett Cup, uh, note, did it, did any title change hands? The women's tag, the women's TV, the the tag, the national, the North American, not the North American TV title, nothing changed hands. Every match, uh, you know, the the only thing that Crockett Cup did was uh, let us see some AAA talent and made, uh, well, Yabo and, and, and Rufo uh, a threat for the tag titles, but also made uh, 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 Murnoch's a number one contender for the tag titles. Yeah, I mean, the team that beat the world champions doesn't even seem to be in the mix currently. It's just weird. It's like Murdoch's is continuing on, and they won the thing, but not like they had to win it to, you know, be in the storyline the way it is. I, I don't know. It's just been very, very weird to me. It's just it, their taping schedule has sucked. They're timing on doing stuff we'll talk a little bit about this in power because you know again they kind of do things for not in order and it it gets confusing with, with uh, that, i don't really think it was that good of a pay-per-view yeah i watched it i didn't think it was that good of a pay-per-view either it, it wasn't bad uh, i didn't think it sucked or anything like that but i it wasn't three one two yeah, you know they put on they put on better pay per views than that. Real quick, let's run down the results of the Cooper Cares show because I know a lot of people were curious about that. Uh, it's up at alliance-wrestling.com, but we'll cover it here real quick, and I'll do it very quickly. Um, in the uh, triple threat match, uh, Psycho Boy Fodder was victorious. Uh, in the uh, women's match between Angelina Love and Ruthie J, Ruthie J went over. In uh, now I have to go back to the screen to see what match was next. Okay, then the next match was the women's tag team title match. It was M95 versus the Page Sisters, and M95 obviously retained. Then the next matchup for the night would be uh, Murnox versus uh, Murnox versus Daisy Kills and Talos, a kind of a repeat of uh, before the Crockett Cup. And again, same result, Knox and Murdoch won. Um, the only thing that I heard about this one that uh, wasn't originally posted in the results is that blunt force trauma without Aaron Stevens attacked Murnox after the match and they fought to the back. Um, next up, we have uh, the country gentleman taking on the savages. Of course, we still have the country gentleman as your tag team champions. Um, after that, the uh, matchup, I believe, was going to be... Uh, uh, Tom Latimer versus Jay Bradley. That match uh, ended with Tom Latimer successfully retaining the title. 
Then we also had EC3 versus Jordan Clearwater, where EC3 retained. Um, there was also a women's uh, matchup, a, a rematch from the 312 pay per view uh, of uh, Camille and Natalia Markova. And depending on who you've heard from, the match was either considered a double countout, double draw, or uh, just there was some sort of problem in the match and it didn't work out the way it was supposed to. So I guess that was good to not be televised. And then oddly enough, in the main event, you had the Southern Six taking on Joe Alonzo and Mario Pardua. Of course, Southern Six won that match, and uh, that was it for Cooper Cares. I finally figured out what the Southern Six, how they get their name. There's three wrestlers, right? Yep. They each have two balls. Hopefully. Is that like Vanity Six? Yes. Okay. Or the Bionic Six. All right. If you know who Vanity Six out there, other than Scooby, raise your hand. Nope. It was a. It was a. Girls group put together by Prince. Oh, okay. That later became Apollonia Six when Vanity left. And so, anyway, three girls, but. They were called six because he counted the boobs, not the not the women. So my old boss used to have my old boss's uh, girlfriend was named Apollonia, and I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Are you are you serious?" He introduced me to her. I'm like, "Apollonia, really? Yeah. Guess your parents were a big Prince fan." <laughs> um, there was a lot of ladies back in the day that were big Prince fans. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, Carmen Electra, right? I guess, maybe. Uh, In My House was a great video. Willie Bowen said he liked Apollonia 6, too. That doesn't surprise me, Willie. Uh, Matthew Underwood said that he knew where Jaden was going to go with that joke. Um, Yeah, I mean, like... uh, I don't know. I'm looking at the chat and I'm seeing comments that I want to get into. Uh, nothing like a bunch of kids front row looking at a kink fetish wrestler. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either. Um, Willie says the Pillsbury Doughboy Tyrus should have defended the 10 pounds of gold instead of being in a tag team tournament with Chris Adonis. I mean, it comes down to literally like Tyrus has defended that title like four times since winning it in November of last year, which is like almost criminal. Um, Matthew Underwood points out that uh, Vampiro is feuding with La Rebellion in AAA, but he's aligned with the end, aligned with them in the NWA. I know that's old school, but this is the information age. Matthew, I think that's more uh, revealing of what's going to happen at the uh, Triple Mania than it is what's going on in the NWA. Well, you know, the the real question <clears throat> is: Is he aligned with them? Because I can't tell that he's done them one bit of benefit since he's. I, I mean, other than him taking like 10, 10 hours to set up the move he's going to miss, I, I, I mean, he makes me long for the talents of Ricky Morton. Damien didn't miss with the mist, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, Morton. Uh, Going back to the uh, national title, we'll move on to something else here in a minute. Uh, Matthew Underwood says that should still be the case with the national title. 
defended everywhere in the U.S. like Wildcat, which is a very good place right now with Brady Pierce. Um, with that national title, I mean, the thing about it is with, with the way that they've handled this and the fact that it's happened now twice in the last three years, it needs a little bit of rehab. And whoever wins the title next really needs to be somebody that's going to go out and defend that belt, whether it be uh, in Florida, like Boca Raton Wrestling or Wildcat, although there isn't really a, a direct correlation between the NWA and Wildcat at this point, uh, Joe Kazana Promotions, something. The, whoever wins that title need, needs to, to pad the numbers, right? Needs to get some defenses and, and rehabilitate the image of the title because right well, now it just seems like it's a it's nothing more than a stepping stone. But it's more than going out there. And if it, I, I'm actually going to reverse this. Okay. Because the NWA doesn't really give a crap how much titles defended outside the NWA. Yeah, they don't acknowledge it at all. Except on very rare occasions. But yeah, for the most part, they don't acknowledge it. They don't talk about it. And, you know, it's the old saying, if a tree falls in the forest, well, if a title defense happens and the NWA never says anything, was it really a title defense? And uh, it's one of those... What they need is they need a strong champion in the NWA defending against NWA people. No, 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 she wouldn't have. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're wrong there. But anyway, uh, yeah. The, and the thing is, I don't. They don't have the the roster to handle all these titles, which is why I'm going to end my comments on the national championship by once again saying that they need to hang it up. But if they're not going to, if they're not going to hang it up, remember when uh, someone held the EWN TV title and then like mysteriously disappeared and Joey Ryan showed up with it? Do you remember that? Yeah. I can't remember who the guy was that won, and I don't remember what they called the title at the time. That may have been when it was the Mav TV title or something like that. But anyway, uh, since Silas went and picked up the belt in the ring, I think he should just keep it and start defending it. The Hacksaw Jim Duggan rule, huh? Find it and keep it. Find it and defend it. Yep. Basically... Basically, he can argue with Billy for a couple of weeks over it, but then after defending a couple of times against top contenders, it's like, fine, you're the champion. <laughs> so it was Tyler Cintron who was the TV champion. He defeated Willie Mack to win the belt. He defended against uh, Ryan Taylor, and he defended against Joey Ryan before he just disappeared. And like I'm looking at cage match right now, and it's it doesn't make sense. It's saying that Ryan Taylor defeated Joey Ryan for the title. Uh, that's that might be the case, um, but I was looking at Tyler Cintron. Cintron defeated Willie Mack. Then he defeated Blake Fox, and then uh, he defeated Willie Mack again, and then no show. That was it. He disappeared, and that was uh that was in September. Or that was June 9th, twenty thirteen. And then uh, at the uh, next uh, Hollywood show, not the next one, but it was uh, 
that that was at a time where they were in the Glendale studios. Then they stopped being in Glendale. They did a show in Anaheim and then ended up at the um, uh, Commerce Casino uh, shortly thereafter. So it was still 2013, but uh, uh, now we're in July. And, and and Joey Ryan just shows up at the belt. And we, wait, what do you have that for? Hey, don't ask questions. I just have it. And that was, uh, it wasn't interesting at the time. And it sounds even worse now as I'm reading it back. But uh, yeah. Um. Our friend Carlton says this is the way Thrillbilly needs to win the national title. So he depends it around the country. Plus, the NWA needs to get recordings from different promotions talking about the wrestlers defending the title. Hey, look, I understand a lot of people think the NWA should be doing this and that, and it's great, but they're not going to. There was a. <laughs> I mean, there comes a point where we can talk about talk about things and how we think they should be, but there are also a time when we have to accept the reality of what is. And the reality of what is, the NWA, Billy has no want plan. No one-year plan at all? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm sorry. Go ahead, DK. No, what? I, I didn't hear what you said. No 20-year plan at all? Oh, well. Not even a one-year plan? Not even a not even a event-to-event -event plan, maybe? No, I don't think he has any of that. But, you know, seriously, uh, if if he can ride somebody's coattails, it was an okay. That's it. Uh, if he can ride somebody's coattails, uh, he'll do that. We saw it with Ring of Honor. And, of course, Ring of Honor fans hated NWA. They always did. When Pierce was there as champion, they weren't necessarily big NWA fans. They liked Brent Albright as champion. Well, that no, they did. They liked Brent Albright. They didn't like him as champion. They had sure. did no care whatsoever about the NWA at the time. Right, and so you know he felt like he could get something by latching on to ROH, and then ROH treated them as just a second-rate company, which led to their split the first time. And you know, so he'll do something with Triple A because Triple A's got a bigger name print really than NWA. I look, I can sum this all up with this video clip right here. If it wasn't discrimination and you have the nerve, no, no, no. You have the nerve to sit there on your high horse and preach to these bottom feeding dwellers who sit in the chat room like Alliance blog, who's been doing this for over a decade and still only got 2,000 followers. Yeah, I see you're a jabroni and a ham sandwich, and I don't want to hear from you ever again about what the NWA is supposed to do. This is what pro wrestling is supposed to be. This is what the NWA is supposed to be. No, no, no. You don't tell anyone what the NWA is supposed to be, and you certainly don't lecture me about what the NWA is supposed to be. I made the NWA. And that's, that's like Nick Aldis said that, but I guarantee you, Billy Corgan thinks it every time he hears somebody criticize what he, what we think should happen, what, what should be going on. No, 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 no. Billy invented the NWA. Yeah. Well, you know, you've said it before his money, he's going to do with it what he wants. Yep. And, you know, in the whole thing, as always insult your key fans, because that's going to be the best thing to do. Yeah, that was a. Uh, so, uh, 
it's tongue in cheek. I play that video because it makes me laugh, but I, I genuinely feel like that's Billy Corgan in a nutshell. He it, doesn't, he's not listening to what we say. It is his money. He will, he will promote the show the way he wants to see it. Jeremy from the other Alliance guys had a great quote the other day. He says, this is the wrestling that we grew up on through the perspective of Billy Corgan. And anything he does, he's going to say, this is the wrestling that you grew up on. This is the NWA, but it's from my lens. Yeah. And, you know, look, it's just one of those. We, we can accept it or we can not. Yeah. And, and look, we, it's, it's a, it, this is the way I've looked at it all this time. He has the right to do what he wants to with it. And I have the right to express my opinion on it. Yeah, it's true. It's it's his company can do what he wants, but unfortunately, Billy Corgan to the NWA is Kathleen Kennedy to Star Wars, oh. and that's what we're going to hear. Unfortunately, deal with right now. Um, honestly, guys, if you don't like it, you guys go to the uh, go to the event. Convince everybody to turn their back as soon as Tyrus comes to the ring. Turn their back. Don't make a sound. Don't watch the match. Or leave, have the entire building leave as soon as Tyrus gets out there. Unless he is losing to DC3. But still, as soon as Tyrus gets out there, just turn your back. Make no sound whatsoever. Don't look into the camera. Kind of turn, put your head down. Convince everybody else in the building to do that. Maybe, maybe your opinion will be heard and, and respected. Yeah, I don't even hold my breath for that, to be quite honest with you. Uh, when I hear, when I hear, hear Billy Corgan He's convinced that we don't like Tyrus because of politics. Like he, no, no, no. But that's that's what he's convinced that he's like, oh, you don't like Tyrus because of his politics, don't you see? Don't you see, man? He's near seven foot. He's bigger than everyone else. Don't you see? He's on Fox News. He's getting exposure for us. Don't you see that? But all we see is a clown in the ring who could barely move, who who struggles to get into the ring who's breathing heavy from walking from the entrance into the ring. What we see is a wrestler who botches moves. What we see is a wrestler who gets in the ring and, and struggles to have a decent match. A botchosaurus Tyrus. And, 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 and that's why we don't like Tyrus. I give a fuck about his politics. Part of my French, I could care less. I don't care. You're Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative socialist communist i don't care you'd be libertarian uh oh i made dkm leave i don't care what your political affiliation is i go to wrestling to be entertained right i don't, I don't care if you like uh, uh joe biden or, or donald trump i don't care has no bearing on my enjoyment of the product but when i look at a guy who can't walk or struggles to walk. When I look at a guy who struggles to do routine wrestling moves, that's when I'm like, look, man, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. And, 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 and but Billy is convinced that we don't like him because of his, uh, because of his politics. Billy's yeah, convinced politics. You know why I don't like him? Cause he's the only reason he's there. Cause he politics his way of being Billy's friend. If he wasn't Billy's friend. He wouldn't be there. I mean, if you want somebody seven feet tall, what's that big doofy guy? They have uh, the camera doesn't look that good. Talos. Yeah. Why isn't he champion? He's seven feet legit. Yeah, he's bigger than Tyrus. Yeah. No, it, 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 and it's 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 the perfect storm. You're right. Like obviously the friendship 
uh, is is clouding some of Billy's judgment. I think, um, you know, if, if he didn't trust Tyrus, Tyrus wouldn't be in that position. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's some sort of financial kickback. I don't know. You know, that's I guess that's I guess that's not appropriate for me to speculate on. But like, look, it's just the fact of the matter is Tyrus is not a good guy for the NWA. It just doesn't work. The sideshow aspect of Tyrus just doesn't work. All right. Yeah. So what? He gets the belt on TV on something that nobody cares about. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. Yeah. And like, look, um, if the NWA isn't a publicly traded company, so they're not under any obligation to share numbers with us, right? They're not under any responsibility to share demographic information. All that's, you know, proprietary to their business. They don't have to share how many buys they had on a pay-per-view or how many tickets they sold or how many people, you know, how much the needle moves when Tyra shows up. Um, and I'm not talking about the Richter scale, Willie, but I'm talking about the needle of people being engaged by him. And, and like, look, I'll be honest, man. It's not about just cutting a promo. He cuts a hell of a promo. I think he's a great promo, but that's not all you need in wrestling. You know, if that was the case, Road Dog would have been world champion, right? I mean, I just, I don't see it. And, and, and again, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, uh, but again, Tyrus is not the guy. He hasn't been the guy. Uh, what would have made a lot more sense is putting the belt on Adonis before at the three, one, two pay-per-view, they could have still teamed together said, Hey, you beat me. I know you're good. Let's go win the tag team tournament as well. And you still, you could have had a perfectly good scenario to, to put Tyrus out to pasture in a very positive way. He could have endorsed Adonis. He maybe could have even been Adonis's mouthpiece. Like, Hey, he beat me for the belt. This guy's good. Instead, I don't even think we're going to see Sandoval's here. What's up, Sandoval? Uh, I don't even think that we're going to see Tyrus show up to the pay-per-view. If I'm going to be quite honest with you guys, a full disclosure, if I can be honest for a minute, I don't think Tyrus will be at the, uh, the 75th anniversary show. I don't think we see him in an NWA ring again. I will be surprised if he's there. He didn't make the TV tapings. He's not going to be at the Boca Raton. What, what, that means that's a whole two months of him not being on the product, right? The last time we saw him, he was hurt in a ring during the Crockett Cup. I don't think he's going to be there. Again, that's possibly why they should have put the title on Adonis. Tell me, in your own honest opinion, and I'd like to know the chat's thoughts, would Adonis versus EC3 mean more to the World Heavyweight Championship match coming up on this pay-per-view than uh Two-ton Tyrus. <laughs> um, and I'm going to, guys in the chat, you go ahead and collect your thoughts. I do want to read them. I'll, I'll post them here on the screen so everyone can see them. When I'm looking at Adonis on a poster. Now, uh, granted, I, it, it, you know, if Jake Howell's booking the NWA, Adonis goes over at 3-0-2 and Adonis goes on to Australia and, and has a few title defenses internationally. When Adonis has been wrestling in Canada, for uh, uh, Canadians uh, wrestling elite, I also would have had him have a few defenses there. I know it doesn't mean a whole lot to the NWA, but uh, it passes a sniff test, you know? Oh, he defended the belt in Canada. He defended the belt in Australia. It would have meant something. And then when you have EC3 cashing in, it passes the sniff test. When you look at, uh, you know, EC3, six foot something cut, built like a brick house. Dude looks 
phenomenal. Looks like a million bucks. Then you you look at a, a guy like uh, uh, Adonis, who legitimately is a bodybuilder. Look, he's a body guy. One of uh, remember Kevin used to always say like, oh, he needs to get back in the gym and get himself right. Man, I don't think Adonis has ever looked better than he does right now. So, passing the sniff test, two guys who are athletic, who who look better in the ring, uh, who could actually have a match where they're not spending five minutes of of stalling. I I think that would have made a difference, and I think people would be would care about that. And I think that you know we. The other alliance guys mentioned the, the whole streaming service with the NWA or or potential TV partner, whatever it is. Uh, you know what's going to sell you on a subscription more than a guy like Adonis or EC3? Pirates? I don't think so. Can I mention something about television, by the way? Yeah, please, please do. For the first time, and I don't know if ever or in a long time, but a very first time and definitely a long time, both the writers and the SAG are on strike. Right now, last time SAG was on strike, that was the, can say the birth of reality television, but that was the explosion of reality television. Yep. There was even a show of kids living in a town taking care of the town <laughs> that made it on TV. Somebody decided that was a great idea. Um, if there is ever a time for the NWA or anybody with some kind of ability to put something out there on broadcast to get on real television, this would be the time right now. They are going to, if, if it lasts any more than 30 days, they're going to be begging for content. And same thing for the streaming services is, and, and movies, everything else. People are going to be begging for that, some, something to entertain them. And this is a perfect time for anybody with wrestling to get on TV and maybe do something special. And, you know, if you're going to mention politics, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending, I guess, on your outlook, more television stations are very liberal. Well, I don't know EC3's politics. I think he has politics that are similar to Tyrus's, but he would make a good champion. But, you know, would that, would Tyrus especially being on Fox News, broadcasted on that station, will that hurt or help the NWA get on television? Again, I don't know. But with television being liberal, it might hurt. But either way, if you're going to be on television, is the product the NWA is putting out right now and the consistency of the television taping and the quality of the television taping and the quality of the booking, is that something that a potential TV partner is going to look at and go, oh, I have to have this? Well, and then also let's let's I mean what you're saying um, is hitting a lot of bells because you know the NWA isn't the only TV uh, wrestling program that's out there, and, and I'm quite familiar with a wrestling program that's has a much longer history of being on the air and has a much better production, I would say, and uh, has 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 never really had a lengthy. Uh, no new content except for during the pandemic. And I'm talking about championship wrestling presented by car shield. Hell, they already have sponsors. Uh, you know, uh, MLW has had their foot in the door of getting into a wrestling promotion. It was vice. It was, uh, I don't remember the other channel that they were on for a bit, but they've always 
been efforting to be on television. It's not like it's Billy Corgan or nothing. There's options. If someone wants to, to promote pro wrestling, if NBC says, look, or I guess NBC is a bad choice because they already have the WWE. If Fox or CBS, Fox also has WWE. If ABC or CBS is able to, Huh? For now. For now. If one of these programs are like, hey, look, this strike is hurting us. Uh, one of these stations are like, we're, we're going to put wrestling on prime time. Every every Monday, every Wednesday night at, at 8 p.m. on ABC. It most likely wouldn't be ABC, but I definitely think sure. a cable network has that ability. Or sure. even maybe even the CW. They're, they're going to be completely rebranded soon and maybe even sold. Yeah. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of things out there now where potentially that slot can be opened up. Heck, yeah. even the uh, recently, I, I heard the uh, Monster Factory show might, might have been canceled on Apple TV+. Plus. Well, now, you know what? This may be a good opportunity for them to get it back. Yeah. So there's content out there. People want wrestling. They want good wrestling. Yeah. And right now, and honestly, the two big companies for guys who are people that are wrestling fans and not sports entertainment fans are not getting it. Even companies that we're not the biggest fans of, like GCW, they have an opportunity right now. There's a market out there for it. I mean, Jay's always the one that says if there's a market, it should happen. I'm a big believer in that shouldn't be because there's a lot of market for things that shouldn't be on television. <laughs> but uh, And there's a lot of market for things that shouldn't be sold, too. But, um, yeah, yeah they, they're, if there's a market out there, there's going to be something. There's a chance right now for any kind of wrestling to get on TV. Impact might be able to get on a bigger station right now. Yeah. You know, say. so... You know what? You know what I'm really sad about with the writer strike. WWE writers aren't part of it. Yes. <laughs> you you got it 100. percent That was my punchline. Because they're not currently. Uh, they might be SAG, but the WWE isn't. I'm. I have concerns because it's messing up the MCU for me. Right now, the MCU is messing themselves up. So <laughs> I was going to say the MCU is about as screwed up as DC at the moment. So. Not, I not quite totally but almost you guys. I completely disagree. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You just did. Totally unwrestling related. Sure. Did you go see Flash? I did. I finally saw did, it. Did you like it or did you not like it? Okay, so it's definitely not one of my top ten, you know, movies, but I think for mm-hmm. a perfectly good popcorn flick to watch, you know, were there plot holes? Sure. Um, I don't really like uh I, I never liked uh, Ezra uh, as an actor. Um, I felt like they would have done themselves so much of a favor if they would have reshot it and used an actor like Grant uh, Gustin. I think he played him on TV. Um, but I, I just, uh, you know, Matthew Underwood said it was mid. I think it was better than mid, but I don't think it was a good movie. I think it was a fine movie. It was a good way to spend an afternoon eating popcorn, watching the movie, and drinking soda. It was one of those weird things to me in this is how I'll wrap it back around in. But uh, I told somebody, I go, I actually ended up liking the movie. Now, it should be noted that my expectations going into a movie that has been had multiple reshots and gone through three different top people at, <laughs> you know, at the studios and three different plans, I go, my expectations were zero. So with all that considered, I came through and it was like, oh, you know, 
you know, that was actually pretty good. And to get Which, that. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. If they would have reshot it differently and just made it a Batman uh, 3 movie, would you have liked that better? <laughs> yes. Anyway, but there I, was enough. There was there was at least 45 minutes of Michael Keaton on the camera, and I would take that over anything, really. Like, uh, that was. I don't. That was such a uh, a bright spot for me, and I know it wasn't the same. Uh, you know, it wasn't the same universe because everything was different, and and Gotham looked different. But man, I I would have I would pay to go see a Michael Keaton Batman movie, even well, at his advanced age. Well, you know, the whole idea here when they started it was Michael Keaton was supposed to return as Batman, or at least as Bruce Wayne, so to speak. Yeah. You know, uh, the end scene at the court yeah at the courthouse was shot three different times was it really yes at one time it don't, was shot don't, don't do spoilers well just at one time it was shot bringing in michael keaton's character and one time it was shot bringing in uh uh the last guy that played superman whose name's escaping me which oh, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill, and then the final shot, which they had, which was cute but stupid. I thought it was a lot, I thought it was perfect. That, well, it it was, except for you consider they said this is supposed to help set up the DCU, and we all know he's not going to be part of the DCU. So. No, what what they should have blew it up. They should have Barry should have lost. This should have been their Empire Strikes Back. So anyway. I'm all for blowing. I've said before in the comic world, they once in the comic world they once did something where they erased time, and they were going to start over, and then they didn't. And I told somebody, I go, that made me really sad because I really wanted them to start over. <laughs> so. Well, if we could just erase Tyrus from uh, winning the world championship from this timeline, I'd appreciate that. You go That's an awfully big eraser to do that. Very big. Uh, to go back a little bit, just to wrap up some uh, some of my thoughts there. You need more of a Death Star size one, Jay. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not even sure that laser could take care of it. But I think, you know, I think one of the reasons that Mick Aldis worked as a champion was because he was somebody who you could see being a champion in most other promotions. Yes, I agree with that. And I think if you had somebody like Hammerstone, that's somebody who you could see being a champion in most other promotions. The problem with Tyrus is Billy's the only one that thinks he would be a champion anywhere. I mean, he was a comical character in WWE. Funkasaurus. And then he was a tough guy in Impact, and even they didn't putting titles on him. <laughs> it's just... It's just... Yeah. What else is going on in the wrestling world, Jay? Now that we've talked about the national title and EC3 screwing it and making it even less prestigious than it already was, and um, Tyrus never being around and never defending the title, and Billy telling me that I should that I just don't recognize greatness and all that. You weren't here for our interview with Kerry Morton, but he he 
he delivered the goods. I think even Jaden was slightly impressed with uh, Kerry Morton. The promo that he cut on here, and I say promo because it wasn't much of an interview. We didn't have that much time with Kerry, um, but he was very uh, – um, that's what I'm looking for. He had a lot of charisma. Uh, he, he was very open about uh, the opportunities he's been creating for junior heavyweights uh, across the country. Um, we know that uh, it, it's been recently announced. I don't have the graphic for it, but it's been recently announced that uh, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., is set to face uh Carrie Morton, I believe, at WrestleCade. I think it is. Um, so that's he's coming no longer under contract. Yeah, he just was released. Um, which could no, have... he wasn't released, he let us, this contract ran out. There's a difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. AEW doesn't release people. Um, which is, I mean, if you're working there, I mean, that's kind of good. You're just collecting a paycheck till the contract's up. Uh, another title match has just been announced for Kentucky Fried Wrestling. They're going to do finally do something with uh, Rolando that I've been advocating for for a while. They're going to have the two, uh, you know, not heavyweights face off against each other for the World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Kerry Morton will be facing Rolando at uh, the KFW's Game Over. That's a new date for Kerry. And look, if they're going to do something with Rolando, that's where I'd rather that him be. Then, you know, like, we'll get to it in power in just a few minutes here. But, you know, I don't want to see Rolando wrestling heavyweights anymore. They need to bring back the NWA Midget Championship for him. It's a chance. Micro. It's micro now. I thought it was mini. I don't know. I just I like know you're not supposed to say the, the M word. Micro or mini? Uh, no, there's a third word that you're not supposed to say. Matches? Sure, we'll go with that. Sandoval says if he wasn't on Fox News, he wouldn't be champion as it correlates to uh, Tyrus. Um, hey, Santa, I know I haven't been a good I haven't been a good boy. I've been on the naughty list, but can you still make uh, Tyrus not the champion, please? I won't ask for nothing else this Christmas. I'm not going to get it anyway. And, and uh, Santa says, I'm not driving that far for this crap. I'm more of a Krampus with the NWA right now. I, welcome to the... You know, this is a perfect place for you, Sandoval. Um, I wasn't a big, uh, I, I look, I wasn't a big Nick Aldis fan. I mean, I was until I wasn't. Uh, but other than that, I think we might be on the same page. Um, but uh, let's get to power. Let's talk about power. I, I felt like it wasn't a bad episode of power. I'm going to see what DKM thinks about it. We hadn't talked about the show yet. So his reactions will be the first time I'm seeing them. Uh, but this episode of power. Uh, is the first power back since the uh, since the pay per view? Um, we had a long drought from the Crockett Cup to a new episode of Power, um, so it was nice to finally have some fresh fresh matches. And the show kicked off with a non title match uh, with La Rebellion taking on the Brothers of Funstruction. And this there there was an interesting story that. Uh, uh, Mecca Wolf posted on Facebook, and I don't have it written down verbatim, so I'm just gonna kind of uh, summarize it. Summarize it. Thank you. That uh, when he was down on his luck in the Chicago independent wrestling scene, it was those two brothers, um, the legit brothers uh, that make up the uh, uh, fun structure. Uh, they actually lent him a hand and uh, helped pick him up when he was down. So there was a bit of a positive feeling about seeing two guys that 
had gone to bat for him. He he gets to work with them in the NWA. So it was kind of a feel good moment from the outside of the world, but the inside, of course, this was uh, the way they kicked off their return to power in the uh, new unofficial home of the NWA Highland park uh, law rebellion, non-title against the brothers of construction. Um, I saw that uh, 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 Matthew Underwood put it up earlier uh, where, you know, Vampiro is with them in the NWA, but against them in, in, in triple we saw them face off against Vampiro in the, at the Mexico uh, um, world is a vampire tour. It, so it's kind of funny, but I think again, that's going to have more implications for triple mania. Um, the match starts off with a bit of clown play from the brothers, the construction working quite well. Uh, they, they were using like the flower to spray, uh, spray both La Rebellion, which did a lot to get them upset. Um, one of the things that Joe Galli kept saying during the commentary is that the brothers of construction were the Cinderella tag team of the Crockett Cup. But like, if that was a, if that was a, you know, Cinderella team, they didn't win the Crockett Cup. You know what I mean? They didn't and go to the final either, at least. No, they didn't make the finals. So it's like that's I don't think he used that term appropriately. And then later would say this the Cinderella season continues. I'm like, it, it, you can't what? It's not connected. Um, what's what was interesting about it is uh when it comes to La Rebellion, uh they put over how dominant they had been as a tag team. And when you look at it, uh they had that tour of Australia where again they successfully defended the titles eight times in ten days. Um, they've had a total of 13 defenses over the 320 days as champions. Remember, they won the titles back at the anniversary show last year against Hakari in the in the um, in the uh, makeshift tag team match that they put together because uh, Dave uh, Harry Smith and um, wasn't cleared to wrestle. So uh, the clowns end up getting a pretty good reaction from the Chicago audience. Uh, there was a. a particular point where Ruffo connects with a spot where he, he went to, he kicked Mecha Wolf, he kicked Bastia, and then he went to kick Yabo. Yabo catches the foot, and it was kind of like that Jeff Hardy spinning wheel kick where Yabo throws the foot of Ruffo, and Ruffo connects with a spinning heel kick. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Vampiro gets involved with the match, and I'm thinking, like, how the hell, what, what is Scott Wheeler doing? What, first of all, what's the NWA doing? They have a set of rules that they've they made perfectly clear to us. If you are a a a manager, you get to be with the team. But then then they create this legendary exemption status. Vampiro, are we are we going to call him a legend? I mean, I know what he's done in Mexico is legendary, but I, I don't know if you would call him a legend in the United States, especially not in the NWA. But okay. Scott Wheeler doesn't DQ him after he gets in the ring, gets involved, literally he's in the ring and 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 uh, getting involved with the match. No disqualification. Um, uh, the, the Mecha Wolf and Bastia hit a combo move. They still can't get uh, Yabo. The brothers end up getting the victory when they uh, they hit their their finishing move, I think, on, on uh, La, La Rebellion. And uh, they get a victory, which at least gives them a claim to a title match which they talk about later uh, that they'll they'll uh, probably be getting a match at the 75. What did you think of this one, DK? 
Well, first of all, they didn't win with a finisher. They won with a roll-up. That's right. Excuse me. You're right. Was that a true roll-up? Well, it was... <laughs> anyway. Uh, they... This was one of the things that from the time that Vampiro got Vampiro got in there, Vampiro lost as to where he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to be doing. And so I don't know what the heck happened. If I disappear, my internet connection may have gone away. Uh, it's just it was just bad. It wasn't a good match. It was a bad match. I didn't enjoy it. Like, I mean, oh, that's a lovely story that, you know, was told. Unfortunately, I'm watching two clowns literally <laughs> pin the world champions cleanly. I mean, Vampire didn't even accidentally hit the guy. Yeah. I mean... It was just ridiculous. And I have no idea why they were doing what they were doing. So, you know, I found it interesting. They defended their titles eight times just recently, but you said they've defended their titles 13 times in a year. Yeah. So somebody do the math on that. That means they've had five other title defenses in a year. Well, I mean, but that's not entirely their fault right i mean how many shows have the nwa uh, done in the last uh, i'm not saying it's their fault i'm saying look what let's look at it i mean so they defended the titles uh against la rebellion excuse me against takari at at the uh, hard times pay-per-view they defended them against blunt force trauma at nwa enough said they defended them in mexico against they didn't win by the way that was a DQ match, right? Um, they they defended them in uh, Mexico against, uh, against Blue Demon and Vampiro. Um, at the three one two pay per view, they defended them against Magnum Muscle. Uh, on the TV tapings uh, back in April, they defended against Magnum Muscle, no contest. Um, then in Australia, they defended against uh, again, you know, the eight times, and then they've had their. Uh, they're, they had a title defense uh, scheduled for the 75th, apparently. Uh, and so so let's look. They won one match against one person, a one-person team at Crockett. They then lose. Uh, their next match. So second time in a year. Or second time in two Crockett Cups, because they're more than a year apart, where they beat a one-person team and then lose their next match. And so, and now they've lost to the Cinderella team. And I guess he was calling them Cinderella team because they won like two matches and they weren't supposed to win any. And so they're trying to put them over. As isn't this amazing? No one's expecting them to win, and they're winning. Nobody wants them to win. There's a difference. <laughs> There, there's a difference between not expecting him to win and not wanting to win. You could probably put Mims and Draper over two or three times, and people would go, oh, you know, that's cool or whatever, because I'm not expecting them to win either. But it might be nice if they did. 
So they're they're literally putting clowns over as Cinderella. If I were Cinderella, I would sue them. <laughs> that is just the epitome of ridiculousness. So, so right now, what we know is Billy hates tag teams like he always has. It's just that now, instead of breaking up with the tag team, which he probably can't break up uh, a lot of rebellions since they team, you know, since they're a real team that team everywhere. So, you know, instead, what we're getting is his tag team just doesn't win. You guys want to be surprised? Sure. Yeah. I skimmed through this episode. Oh. Oh, what do you think? Um, I think aesthetically, Vampiro has a really good look with yes. uh, La Rebellion. It looked really well, and if they were going to go with something like that, if they were going to put Vampiro in there, they should have made it mean something, especially because he is a well-known, I wouldn't know, say as much as a legend, but he's a very well-known wrestler in Mexico. So I think the aesthetically that, that works very, very well, and they should have run more with La Rebellion. I don't hate clowns like everybody else. I'm not afraid of clowns like a lot of people. I actually think if there ever is going to be something stupid in wrestling, it should be a clown. <laughs> but, they should, but it should be an evil clown. Like Doink. Like, uh, more like uh, the clown in that one movie that's got, like, the white face and the long nose and the black and white pants and, the like, the really scary teeth or yeah. something like that. Not it, no. Well, that wasn't it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there should be, like, a freaky clown because, you know what? There's something mentally disturbed with a clown. Ask, ask was it John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. Uh, there's something really mentally disturbed when somebody wants to put that clown makeup on and wants to entertain kids or whatever the hell they're doing with these kids. I don't know nowadays. Uh, so I think, again, if a clown could work in wrestling if it was an evil clown. I don't really like the whole goofy clown thing. You know, um, it's uh, maybe maybe in a the Ku Klux Clowns were over. I don't remember. But uh, these I just I don't know. They're just not doing it for me. These ones particularly. Um. So next up. Uh, now, what about the killer clowns from outer space? I think they would work. Getting back to these clowns uh, again, like um, with with AAA, the relationship with the AAA has with the NWA, I, with Bastia say say say, and Mecha Wolf being able to kind of go back and forth between working AAA and the NWA, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if uh, La Rebellion um, were to lose the titles and kind of disappear for a while. And it's not because I don't like them as a tag team. It's just, I don't see that there's much left for them to do as a tag team in the NWA. They've held the tag titles for a very long time, 321 days uh, as their second reign. That's not even counting their first reign as champions, which I guess you could add another, uh, um, another 286 days as champions. So, I mean, well over 500 days collectively as tag team champions. What more can they do? They, ha I mean, they have to win Crockett Cup. I, I think that's the only thing that they haven't done. So as far as I'm concerned, if they were to head to Mexico and wrestle in AAA and only casually appear in the NWA, I'd be all right with that. And I'm not trying to write them off because I very much like Mecha Wolf and Bastia Say Say Say. Otherwise... I wouldn't mind if, if maybe Bastia uh, took a shot at the junior heavyweight title and maybe Mecha Wolf went after the TV title. At least 
something different um, if if they end up losing those titles anytime soon. I because I just at this point I don't as a tag team I don't feel like there's anything they're left to accomplish. They're stale right now, and it's yeah. not necessarily because of their ability. It's because they've been around for so long and because the booking is so bad. You can yeah, have yeah. somebody there for a while if you knew how to make it work properly, and they don't. I mean, at this point, the only thing they can do is win the Crockett Cup or win the uh, U.S. Tag Titles. Or if there's opportunity to, for them to take the NWA titles abroad again, whether it be like in Japan or the United Kingdom or, you know, building the um, the equity of the titles by, by taking them to new places. But outside of that, I don't think that there's anything more that they can do. So with that being said, we'll move to the next match. Somebody who well, I, I – oh, DK, go ahead. I do have a quick question. Sure. Going to take us down a rabbit hole, but what the hell. I mean, I would agree. For the better part of two years, La Rebellion's been the tag team champions. And uh, just a short break in between the reigns. So, uh, the question becomes, why are they stale? Why are most people tired of them as champions? Compared to someone like Camille, who's been champion for two years. And yes, there are people that are ready for her to lose the title. And there are moments I'm ready for her to lose the title. But for the most part, I'm also content with her staying champion. So, in in, in Jay's view, and then Jaden's, what's the difference there? What are, what are we looking at that says, God, these guys have been champions forever. Change the... Change the Titles, I'm sick of them. Versus, eh, you know, I wouldn't. My feelings won't be hurt if she lost the title, but hey, I'm great with her holding the title for a while longer. Um, you go first, Shane. All right, good because I actually have my answer, so maybe this will help you think of yours. Um, I have mine. It's simple because of presentation. Uh, they make the women's championship and Camille mean something. They don't make La Rebellion, especially in this reign, mean something. They never even felt like they should have won the belts again, not against them in talent, but because they were kind of more of a consolation prize because of Davy Boy Smith Jr., Harry Smith, or whatever they were calling him in, in NWA, he wasn't going to be there. And I don't think it was an injury. I think he just wasn't going to be there. Um, they had no real plans to put the titles back on La Rebellion. And it kind of felt like that. While there are plans with Camille, and again, it's presentation. Her matches are treated like they're special and important. The La Rebellion matches are not. So I, that's probably why I think that. They, and again, I'm actually tired of Camille. I think they need to get the belt off of her, and she needs to go somewhere else too. Because for similar reason, she's going to do as much as she could possibly do. Maybe put her in a tag tag, tag match now and win the tag belts because. Yeah, she's there's nobody in the horizon for that championship that's, that they're building up right. And they just need to, if they're going to not do that, then they need to hit a restart button and get a new champion out. So then everybody becomes a potential challenger again. My thoughts are very similar. Uh, Jaden brought up an interesting point that I hadn't thought about. But, you know, at the 74th anniversary show when Harry and Doug were unable to defend the titles because Harry's wasn't cleared to wrestle that, that affected um, the spectrum of what would happen with those tag titles. 
who knows, maybe down the road we would have had Harry and Doug put over La Rebellion. That didn't happen. And Hawk Ari, who at the time was a very hot tag team for the NWA as well, um, put over La Rebellion for, you know, another time. And then, of course, at Hard Times 3, you know, uh, DK and myself were both there. If the long-term plan was to have a feud between La Rebellion and Hakari where the titles changed hands, I think, it w- again, it would have been fresher. It would have freshened everything up. The fact of the matter is that they didn't. And at, 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 at Hard Times 3, Hakari lost the titles and they basically disappeared. We, we haven't even seen Luke back in the NWA since. They've beaten enough teams to, to, to show that they've been a dominant tag team. Um, by hook or by crook, they've maintained their championship credibility. They took the belts to Australia. They took the belts to Mexico. They've done, they've taken the belts to the United Kingdom. And yeah, um, they have defended one time in a triple A show, but that was in the United States. At this point, there's nothing more for them to do. So for them to walk on, I'm good with. When I look at Camille, I love Camille, but it's the same exact thing at this point. What more can she do? Um, obviously she didn't go to Australia to defend the title, but she has defended it in Mexico. She has defended it in Canada. She has defended it in the United Kingdom. Um, she's taken on all comers and we've seen her in triple threat matches where she's, you know, uh, Jordan, uh, excuse me, um, uh, Chelsea green and Kylan King. They just recently re showed that match from hard times three. Uh, she, she took on, Max the Impaler. In fact, the only person that she hasn't beaten in an NWA ring was Allison Kay, who's nowhere to be seen. There is no good challenge for Camille at this point. If she beats Markova at the 75th, that'll be like the, the third time that Markova will have had a shot at the title and not won it. Um, and then uh, who's your next golden goose? Who's the next person you're going to put in the ring with, with uh, Camille? You know, it, we all said, oh, it should be this person. You know, in the chat, uh, Jordan Grace has, has come up. Um, I'm sure if we started taking fantasy booking, you know, uh, Luthes said against Jade Cargill, um, you know, I, if we start taking fantasy booking, I'm sure we'd hear Tessa Blanchard's name thrown out there or Rachel Ellering. But the fact of the matter is none of these ladies are in the NWA. And at the at the moment, doesn't seem like they're going to be. So, well, yeah, Jade's under contract, so that's not happening. Maybe they're hoping Camille goes to AEW. Well, that would solve the problem then title coming off of her. Well, and and, and Sandoval brings up, oh, well, eventually Kenzie will be champ. And I don't disagree with that at all. But I don't think her time is now. I think that's down the road. And she's so young that, like, she has nothing but upside. You know what I mean? Like, uh She's improved so much in such a short amount of time that I think uh, it won't be long before she is the NWA Women's World Champion. But I think I, I think she's at least twice removed from Camille. That's my opinion. But uh, but to what you were saying, yeah, I think it's time for Camille to do something different. If she drops the title to Markova, which is, is what I'm expecting, then it would be maybe interesting to see her as a tag team, maybe with somebody like Samantha Starr. Yeah, it would be... I mean, I'm still okay with Camille as champion for now. And part of it is I don't really see anyone in the NWA right now, except for Markova, who would be a good champion. Uh, Kenzie may be champion one day. I don't know. 
you got to be careful with the young ones. They burn hot, they burn bright, and often they burn out. And uh, so she needs to, she, she probably needs a few years to season and see where she'll settle. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. My, my main thing is what Jaden said is, is presentation. And then what I'll add to it is Camille often has a show stealer match. And so, but not all the women have show stealer matches. No. And so I think what you have is you have someone who can have a match with somebody like Taya Valkyrie, have a match with Max and steal both nights of a, you know, be the show stealer both nights of a two night pay-per-view thing. And so, you know, you, you take the, you take the title off her when it's really kind of your last option. And then um, real quick, just I'll add my two more cents and then we'll move on. Uh, I have seen La Rebellion still shows. We were there at Hard Times 3. That match was the best match on the card. Sure. And and Wrong so, result, but yes, I'd agree. Yeah, it, wrong result. And at the time, I was actually thought the opposite until like I kind of got smartened up a little bit. But at the moment, I was like, well, this is great because the heels went over in the face territory. Now the faces need to go over. Like, if if that match would have been the uh, prelude to Hawks Ari challenging for the tag titles in AAA in the World as a Vampire, if it was Hawk Ari challenging La Rebellion in Mexico City and won, I think that would have been awesome, too, because it would have gotten a ton of heel heat. But, you know, that's not what happened. Um, and then uh, Tim says, could you successfully rematch Max? And I, I mean, you could, but like, the thing is, is they don't give time for Max to do that. Like we see Max as an oddity. They, they put her in the intergender tag team matches. I've seen her wrestle more intergender matches and I've seen her wrestle straight up women's matches lately. And even then I haven't seen her on a regular program in a very long time. And if they would have put her in, in the ring and again, she went through pretty empowered. She went through, Angelina Love, she went through Ruthie J. If she if she was a dominant competitor, excuse me, they, I, I try to be politically correct. If they were a dominant competitor and went through the roster, then of course I think you could do Max versus Camille again. But I mean, that would take all the way up to hard times four or maybe even beyond. And they just don't advocate that time to Max. At all. All right, All right. Let's, get, let's go back to power. Let's get back to power. Power. Uh, I, I tried to avoid this upcoming match, people, but <laughs> I, I couldn't stop it. No, and I wish somebody would have. And, and and I did not care for this match. Ricky Morton with Kerry Morton. And then Kahoa Lakamana with pr- Pretty Reckless, who they kept calling Khaleesi. So I don't know what to actually call her. Um, we'll just say with Khaleesi. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Carrie, of course, is ringside, not a manager. And I like Carrie, right? I like Carrie. I'm going to go on the record and say that I like Carrie. Carrie and me, we're boys. Okay? I'm good with Carrie. But he's not a manager. He doesn't belong ringside. And they brought that up. It, it, but but they bring it up like, well, what's he doing here? But they didn't hold him accountable. The referee well, should have thrown him out from the very get-go. 
But again, you've you've almost neutered the authority of the the managers because, uh, or of the referees because they're not doing anything. They're just letting it fly. Right, which is why you shouldn't bring it up. <laughs> right. I mean, because they're kind of like, well, what's he doing out here? Well, he doesn't hold the manager's license that we know of, and he wouldn't qualify for the legend's exception. Well, yeah, great. Now you've just made your referee into a blooming idiot. Um, it, but it just gets it, – it, it bothers me is that they, they created this arbitrary rule that no wrestling promotion is actually following at this point. And then, like, tried it, they enforced it when they felt like enforcing it. And to me, that's that's problematic. Uh, Joe Galley says, I never thought I'd see Ricky Morton get laid, but here we are. Um, There's probably plenty of videos out there on VHS if you look hard enough. Probably. Did you say glass table? What? Um, No, that's uh, that was definitely not Ricky Morton. That was Boogie's Boogeyman Jimmy Vine. Didn't he make them watch? Uh, That's the story out there, and the cartoon I think is still out there too. The drawing. No. Uh, All right, now what I'm going to do after this uh, podcast is over. Um, Much of the match was focused on Carrie distracting Koa by talking to Kalise, which again further emphasizes the point, why is he out there? Uh, This wasn't an easy match to watch, um, and I really wish Ricky would just hang him up. Uh, This could have been used to put over someone else. This matchup right here, uh, you know, give me Koa and and somebody else. Give me Koa and anybody else. Um, he wasn't bad. He was actually pretty good, and I, I I can't wait to see what's next for him. But if this is what they're going to use him for, man, he 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 should just stay in Chicago and not come back to the NWA. Um, the the match ends with a very painful, disgusting, shh, bad uh, version of a Canadian destroyer, which isn't the only Canadian destroyer we see uh, tonight. Which, uh, anyways, so that match was whatever. Uh, Ricky wins. DK, let me hear your thought. Or actually, Jaden, you skimmed it. Did you see any of this? Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. It was not that good. Um, yeah, it was a really, was a really, really horrible Canadian Destroyer, but that's because it's a two-person thing right there. So, um, you know, that may not have been Ricky Martin's fault. It may have, too. Yeah, you you know, but it definitely was a two-person maneuver, right there to do it properly. Um, I didn't. It wasn't. Shouldn't have been on television, honestly. And that Kakoa guy or whatever his name was, he was okay, and I liked his girl. (laughs) She could have laid me anytime. DK, what what were your thoughts on the match? Why? I, I mean, think I mean, it's it's not even. Do you know what I notice more now than I think I have ever before? I mean, I've known that Ricky's put on weight. Yes, you know, which we all which we all do as we get older. Or at least that's the excuse I use. I'm fat because I'm old. But uh, I'm lazy, and I like food. Yeah, and. But after the match, especially when I was watching him just stand there by the ropes, it's like he's old and he looks old. <laughs> he I mean, he looks old. It's not like some people you go, oh, wow. You know, you know, they're 60 something. I never would have thought that. I look at him and go, 
You mean he's not 70? <laughs> uh, he's old. He looks old. He's fat. Fat. Sorry. Fat. I mean, well, just, just fat. I mean, the Canadian destroyer, uh, like Jaden, I'm not 100% sure who to blame for that. Other than Ricky Martin shouldn't be doing them. And uh, it just, it, we gain nothing by this. 60 billion year old Ricky Morton, <laughs> some nobody, cleanly, does nothing. It, it doesn't make me want to see Ricky anymore. It doesn't do anything for the guy he's beaten. I mean, now how am I supposed to take this kid seriously? You lost a fat, out of shape guy that shouldn't be wrestling. Have a good night, Santa Ball. Wait, he lost to Daredevil Dave Dahl? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, James H. Jackson says nothing against Ricky. I'm sorry, but I have stuff against Ricky. And the number one thing I have against Ricky is that he's not good anymore. It's painful to watch. Do it's, you? It's Ric Flair style watching. Tim okay. I want to preface this by saying I have the utmost respect for Tim Storm. I very much enjoy Tim Storm, the wrestler. I enjoy watching his matches even now. Uh, he's 58 years old. He's a former world champion. He's not 66, he's 58. For whatever reason, the NWA decided he would be better suited to be in the announce booth. Somebody who's not really an, an announcer, not really known for his promo work, but just, he's got a good voice, I guess. Let's put him in the booth. They pushed Tim Storm off of our receptacles. Tim's still wrestling. And Terry McDermott just shared a video a few days ago of him uh, in, in, in Arkansas wrestling. And, 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 you know, Matthew Underwood just kind of stole my thunder here. But, you know, if they want to use Ricky in a positive manner, why not just let him be the manager of the Southern Six? Now, I get it. Maybe Danny Deals is going to be that guy. But I don't know. If you're going to you, – you know what I would like for them to do is, is literally have Ricky be the manager. And every time they do something bad and he's supposed to be held accountable, well, you know, boys will be boys. Guys, they're just kids, you know. They're just – they're just, you know. Testing out their, uh, their, their, uh, their, their uh, livelihood. You know, they're, they're just boys. You know, give them, give them a chance. Uh, but I, I don't need to see him ever wrestle in the ring again. I, I, I do love the idea that he's involved with the NWA. If he's working in the backstage as a producer, as an agent, if he's helping with promos, if he's helping, you know, teach some mat wrestling, all these things are great. He could be an ambassador for the NWA for the rest of his life. But being in the ring wrestling, it's just uh, the time has passed. If you don't want Tim Storm on your program each and every week, who still wrestles and wrestles at a high level, then we don't need to see Ricky Borden. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the former, you know, uh, tag team champion, nine time tag team champion, former world junior heavyweight champion. But like, let's be honest, it's just, it's not good. And to DK's point, who, where is the benefit here? Who's, Kao, did I say his name right? Laka, 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 not going to work here anymore. Uh, he is, 
he's kind of tarnished now. He's the guy that lost to 66-year-old Ricky Morton with a terrible destroyer. Uh, you're going to have to work hard to build him up. Well, you know, this could have been an opportunity to put Mims in a one-on-one match, put Mims in the ring with with uh, uh, Lakamana, right? Put him in the ring with Lakamana. Let Mims get a, vic- a victory. Or, or Brady Pierce or Dak Draper or any one of the guys that are on the roster who I haven't even seen in a wrestling match in a while. And let me tell you one other thing. Tell me. Hit me, Daddy. If they're going to turn Ricky Morton heel. Which they did. Which they did. Which I was for. I wanted Ricky to turn heel. I didn't want I didn't want Carrie to turn on his dad. I wanted them to turn together. And that's fine. But, of course, my hope was then that Ricky would just go away. But if you still want him out there, then you have to Big Papa pump him. And no, I don't mean full and full steroids. <laughs> the next time we saw him, he should have had his hair cut. He should have been in a business suit or not still dressing like a teeny bop being rock and roll. Rock and roller. I mean, turn him heel. Change the character. Make him somebody different. They couldn't do it in the York Foundation. What makes you think, with a lot more money, what makes you think the NWA would do that now? Or could do that now? He's not dressing in the rock and roll outfit. No. Look at his gear when he was wrestling. He still had the rock and roll outfit on. He still had the mullet. He just wore a suit in promos. I thought he changed his outfit. But, I mean, well, look, and I'm not saying at the end of I'm saying him. I mean, do something. Stop being, stop being, what people thought was twenty-year-old Ricky Morton. You know, Ricky Morton looked twenty for forty years, so, but not anymore. So come, on. come on, dude. Do something. What else happened on that show so we can wrap it up and get out of here? <laughs> uh, so what else happened? Okay, so um, as we look at the card. Then uh, after that matchup, we have Mae Valentine in the back with Samantha Starr and Colby Carino. Uh, this was kind of a cool moment where they had two multi-generational um, superstars in the back. Uh, Samantha Starr and Colby Carino. May acknowledges that they both have that uh, ripe tradition with their families. Starr references her all-star family. Even acknowledged uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. I don't think I heard her acknowledge him prior to this, but that was kind of neat. She didn't uh, mention Grizzly for some reason. I can't imagine why. <laughs> no shit. Uh, she said that uh, she said that, not by name. Yeah, not by name. She yeah. said that, yeah, but not by name. She said that Kenzie Page might be prettier, but she's sweeter. And I, you know what? I kind of agree. I think uh, I think she is sweeter. She's a very nice lady. Um, and then uh, and then Colby she also said, has absolutely drop dead gorgeous eyes, but yet you can't see them for some reason every time she does a promo. Something she squints her. I don't know what it is, or she has fake eyelashes. You can't see her eyes. Maybe they, maybe they have the lights in her eyes. Um, and then uh, and then Colby says that you know his family's uh, you know did things the right way too, and uh, his pops won the NW World's Heavyweight Championship, and he did it the right way. And I don't I don't remember exactly how he won it, but I know he was a fighting champion. And you know I, I have only but good memories of Steve Carino as NW World's champion. You guys might know better than I do because you were following the product at that time a little bit more closely. But um, he defeated Colby, the legendary Mike Rapata, I think. Yeah. 
you know that must that must have sucked for Mike Rapata. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna laugh at my own jokes. Uh, but he's uh, Colby says that he's got a shot at the uh, World Junior Heavyweight Championship at the 75th, but he has to go through Alex Taylor to prove it. Um, so it sounds like they're laying down for the matches uh, at the 75, which I think is great. Uh, later, it's confirmed to me uh, through Joe Galley's interview with uh, EC3 that uh, Colby Carino does, in fact, have a World Junior Heavyweight title match scheduled for 75. They just don't they didn't announce what night that is. Um, so then there's that. And then the next uh, segment we get, uh, this was not an advertised match. We get the great Zion, not Zion with a C, but Zion with a Z super creative. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, don't encourage him, please. <laughs> the, the funny jokes to me. Are you telling me that wasn't funny? Even a little bit. No, it sucked. And I don't mean on its knees. Oh my god. Uh Zion, excuse me, Zion's theme music is white noise, which I felt was appropriate because white noise typically helps people fall asleep at night. And well, this match was very much something I could have slept on. Um why are we putting again talking about wasted opportunity? You have this new character who is a play on Scion who's still coming out with Austin Idol. They're even calling him the Great Scion. And much like his counterpart, it looks like he's not in as good a shape as he could be. I'm not a professional wrestler, so I get that my body is not uh, ideal for pro wrestling. And I'm sure that this guy outside of the wrestling ring, he's in great shape. He looks good. But when you put him in the ring there with guys who have six-pack abs and big biceps and big chest – you don't pass the sniff test. It's hard for me to take you seriously as a wrestler. When you're you have sniffing a... way too many people there, Jay. Fair enough. Um, anyways, we get a match with Rolando. And as I said previous, um, this seems like a wasted opportunity. You know what I would have preferred here is maybe just put this match with Zion with uh, Lakamana. I think that would have been a more interesting match. I think it would have been more competitive. It would have been more fun. You could have still put over uh, the great Zion. You could have had a wrestler who could have maybe done some things where Lakamana could have had some spots. The same spots that uh, Rolando hit in this match, I'm sure Lakamana could have. Um, it's You could tell right away that Zion is a more technically savvy wrestler. Uh, Joe Galley acknowledges this. Now, I don't think the old Zion was uh, not technically sound, but uh, this wrestler was looking for a lot more submission holds and, and a lot of, you know, arm bars and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, again, it was, it was a match. Uh, you know, the fans in Chicago turned on Rolando pretty quickly. Zion became uh, more of the fan favorite. And uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I can't say anything more about it. DK, what did you think of this match? Uh, two people who I didn't care about, and I hit fast forward. Jaden, did you uh, did you skim through this one? I think with the black outfit, Zion looked like um, somebody trying to stuff sour cream into a black bag. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. I just wasn't a fan. I didn't like it. It wasn't very good. I don't know. It, next. It looked like oh, a jobber match. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, the next up uh, was the DLZ, which is the Danny Deals backstage, um, his scoop show, if you will. The highlight of the segment was clearly Ella Envy sitting there making faces and rolling her eyes at everything that Danny Deals said. Um, I am a huge Ella Envy fan, and uh, you know, I actually tweeted today that if uh, she'd ever like to come on the show, uh, she's more than welcome to. Uh, but uh, I digress. Hopefully, she doesn't Camelia see the word podcast and don't answer. Yeah, well. That, that's its own set of struggles. Um, and so uh, Deals uh, announces that there is going to be a TV title shot coming up for Mario uh, Pardua, who they kind of mock, which is it's a great way to introduce a potential challenger for the TV title. Um, and then uh, as he's t- uh, Mario's talking about his opportunity, Ella interrupts. She goes, the worst thing about this is you could have been interviewing me this whole time. I was right here and said you chose to do this. And then disgusted, walked away. Perfect Ella Envy. Only made me like her more. Uh, did you watch this, Jaden? Did you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, um, I like Ella Envy. She has some personality. Um, she's definitely your type. <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, yeah, she just has some personality. She's bubbly in a, in a, in a yacht kind of way. So um, I like that a lot. It's there's a lot of people in the NWA that are about as vanilla as vanilla, and she has something there. So again, she may be the next champ, but there's something special. DK, you have anything you want to say about that? You know, honestly, I think I missed it because I was still fast forwarding. Because the next thing I remember was the Southern Sex. Okay. The well, sex. What? Yes. Um, well, unfortunately, you missed a good segment. That's the one thing I would encourage you to go back and watch. Just because it, it really, like, and especially when we get to their matchup later in the show, it kind of makes Ella Envy, to me, take that next step. And she's not just Kenzie Page's sidekick, but maybe she's emerging more as something more in that group of Pretty in Power. Um, next, we have May in the back with the Southern Six. The trio say a lot without saying much of anything. Uh, th- these are the kind of promos I don't like because they didn't really like uh, give us anything. It was just kind of like, hey, we're here. Uh, you didn't really have through Billy talking a whole lot about this title match. Um, I mean, his, his thing on EC3 is that we know that he's renting the title and at some point, that title has to go back to its owner. And when EC3 challenges for the world title, he's going to be the one to pick up that national belt. It felt like you're giving away the show. And, and, and maybe like maybe that's not what's going to happen. But I just felt like that was too insider baseball. I think they could have just uh, left that out. And then, uh, you know, Alex Taylor doesn't really say anything. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Carrie, again, charismatic and all that good stuff, but didn't really say anything. Just like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna win titles, we're gonna win money, we're gonna impress the ladies. It just it just didn't flow. And then up until this point, you know, that they're advertising that Poyle will be in Silas's corner, but she's not even with the 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 trio here. She's not even pictured with them. So it just kind of felt eh. Just kind of felt eh. Um you know, Jaden, did you watch this promo? Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Um they need to get rid of is that Danny Deals? Uh, he wasn't in the he wasn't, he wasn't in the promo, but they need to get rid of them because the, aesthetically they have a they have almost a freebird aesthetic going for them right now. And 
I think they need to keep that and keep that as a something special. They don't need Danny Deals out there with them. If anything, maybe maybe a female, but that's really about it. Even Ricky Morton, I know everybody's like he should be the manager. They don't need him. It'll be more distracting and it'll take away. I think the guys stand on their own and be their own entity and and yeah, the promo wasn't great, but I don't think it's because they were just given no material to work with. They were probably just literally like, hey guys, we need you to kill Phil sometimes, say something. And sometimes you can get a Jim Cornette or somebody like that who could say something with that notice. And sometimes you get a Ronnie Garvin. It sounds like he's got his mouth full of marbles. <laughs> but it, it, it was there. It just, again, it was a waste of time. Television time, even if it's free, is very, 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 very valuable, just like podcast time. And if you're going to use it, use it to get somebody over and make a segment mean something. Everything on that should mean something. I didn't feel like that promo did, didn't put the match over and didn't put them over. DK? DK, what do you want to add? This was weird to me. This almost seemed like it was out of out of loop with the rest of the show. Not just that, like Jaden said, hey guys, here come come kill time. But it was almost like, uh, here, it's three days later, two days later, but talk like you're still. <laughs> because like Poyo wasn't there, but she was with Thrill Billy at the match. And yeah. And they were talking about, you know, Southern Six stuff, but I don't feel like we've really defined Southern Six here in the U.S. very well yet. And, of course, in Australia, wasn't Kinsey part of Southern Six? Because it was the two that was silent. Yes. And so it's just kind of like I'm trying to work through what they're doing. And, you know, you already brought up, uh, Thrill Billy almost basically saying what was going to happen in the main event. And it was just it's funny if that was taped afterwards, then because then he was not foreshadowing, it was recapping. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was bizarre. And I, it's like in some ways, it was like, here, we're going to fit it in like we're talking about before, but then they're talking like it's they're, the way they're talking and the way it is, it's almost like it was filmed after. So I don't know. I don't know. I tell you, I just don't know. <laughs> All right. Was there any more wrestling? Um, yeah, there's a little bit more. Um, next up, we have um, uh, Natalia Markova, who is basically a, seemingly a face at this point. Uh, teams with the Mean Girls, you know, pretty empowered. Uh, as I mentioned about Ella earlier, just kind of being more assertive and kind of you know, in the camera's face, she comes out wearing pink. Natalia Markova's in black. The other two members of Pretty in Power are in black. It almost seems like they were trying to send a message to the viewer, like, watch Ella. She's what's special here. I don't know if that's what they did intentionally, but they purposely made her look different than the other three ladies. And of course, Natalia Markova is set to be challenging Camille for that Women's World Championship. Her program with Camille has been kind of a highlight of the show. And here it is, like, but they're putting like aesthetically, Ella Envy looks like the person in charge. And during the match, you'll see it too, where she starts directing traffic. She determines who tags in and who tags out. And and so 
it's just a it's just kind of interesting to me, an interesting dynamic. Um, they take on the team of Ruthie J, uh, the women tag team champions M95, Maddie and Misa, and of course Camille. Envy disrespectfully slaps the taste out of Camille's mouth, to which Camille then disrespectfully assaults uh, Ella Envy in the match. It just really starts taking a tour. Um, Camille will tag in. Uh, uh, Camille tags in um, Maddie Ronkowski. Maddie starts getting in some office uh, offense. Then Ella makes a tag to um, to Markova, and then Markova starts kind of taking some of the brunt of the punishment of this match. Again, she was working like a face. Uh, I felt like this was like a face Ella Envy, excuse me, a face Natalia Markova and a match with a heel Camille. And I know that's not the dynamic they were shooting for, but that's just kind of how it felt, especially when some of the offense that uh, Markova was taking from like uh, Maddie, Maddie hit her with that move. And then uh, right after that, Misa Kate comes in with that running knee strike and it looked pretty like pretty deadly. Um, The match progresses. Uh, Ellie's, Ella's directing traffic. Um, they did a good job of separating Misa Kate from, from the rest of her team, but then all the wheels fall off. It's like a typical indie four-way match where everyone starts getting their finishers. And of course it ends with Kylie uh, page hitting a Canadian destroyer on Ruthie J to get the victory. Uh, one, two, three, the second Canadian destroyer we solved the night, although this one looked a lot better. And then the mean girls don't allow Markova to celebrate with them. Uh, Jane, what did you think of this one? If they were going to at all make this match mean anything, Markova should have pinned Camille. Yeah. If they were going to in any way, shape, or form make this match mean something, if they refused to do that, then somebody should have pinned uh, Ella Envy since she's a TV champ, right? Uh, No. Um, uh, Kenzie Page... Kenzie, yeah. the, but she wasn't in this match. Okay. I don't know. All these blondes look alike after a while. But, um, uh, all right. Well, then, if that's true, then it, the only thing that should have happened is, uh, should, is Markova should have pinned Camille. Because the tag, unless they're going to go with the tag shot, a shot again with Pretty Empowered against Maddie Rankowski and what are they, M95 or something like that? Yeah. M95. Unless they're going to go with that, then there's, I guess, some reason. But you have a chance to make us care about that match. It would have been the first pinfall loss Camille has taken in so long that it could have made us actually care about that match. And they don't. They just throw the match together. It's just another waste of television time. They've got a bunch of people on there, and they do it in a multi-person match, so you can't. nobody really, really, really shines and gets over. Yep. Uh, DK, do you have some thoughts you'd like to add to that? Why did the match happen? See, they they have a weird team set up, and they don't explain why they're teaming, really. It's not that I remember. If they did, I must have slept through it. And so... uh, and then I found it interesting that the two youngsters of the match were the ones that end it because of uh, with uh, what's her name, Kylie, because Kylie, Kylie, Kylie pinned Ruthie, right? Yes. 
and so it was it was kind of weird it broke down quick it was short in having anything i mean like i i didn't understand what i was supposed to be watching what was what was the story here why were these odd teams put together why was markova teaming with you know with pretty empowered you know where was uh kenzie give me something here and it's like I, i didn't get anything why was you know why was ruthie teaming with them why was camille teaming with the tag team champions I, why, why? <laughs> I mean, it, and unlike sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll go, well, if you just put the match in isolation, the match was good. Yeah, this wasn't one of those times. The match wasn't real good, and I didn't know why they were doing it. So, next. Okay, uh, then that takes us to um, May in the back with the country gentleman. Again, another promo that didn't really do a whole lot. Um, uh, this was a promo uh, where they said that next week they're going to be taking on Clearwater and Odinson. Uh, you know, uh, they acknowledge that uh, Odinson and uh, Kratos took them at the Crockett Cup. But this isn't even Kratos and Odinson. This is Clearwater and Odinson. Now, we know, uh, well, some of us know that uh, Kratos was injured while working New Japan on the 4th of July weekend, uh, 4th of July, the pay-per-view that they did in, in Japan. So we know that he wasn't going to make the Chicago tapings at, at the very least, he wasn't going to be competing in those tapings. So I think that's why we're getting clear water, but it's just a, why are we just throwing clear water randomly into this tag match? Why even go this route at that point? You might as well just given us a different tag team or, or uh, make a new tag team for this. Um, he did. Well, yeah, but okay, but they shouldn't have used an existing person that's already involved in the feud. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, and I get it. You make the best out of what you can, but I would have done it differently. Um, I'm not as heartbroken because now at least Clearwater has a chance to do something. Maybe yeah. Clearwater and Odinson, the uh, the Clear Thunder, whatever they want to call them. <laughs> Clearly, they don't want to call them that. The gods of water. <laughs> um yeah, you know, I got to work on that one. That one coming out like Murnox. <laughs> Murnox was cold. You're not going to hit that one again. But yeah, the uh, the Clearwater and Odinson, they, at least it gives a chance maybe. Because you know what? Odinson has potential to be something if he just stops throwing the forearm 75 times in a match. Yeah. Or the European uppercut or whatever it is. And so does Clearwater. He has a chance to be something. So maybe this is a chance for these guys to get highlighted because I have not been impressed at all with the country gentleman. Yeah, um, it, it's it's. I want to like the country gentleman to be honest with you, but I just don't. DK, what are your thoughts? Well, again, we're stuck with a why. I mean, we know what's his name's hurt, so he can't be there. So how did Clearwater get into this? Uh, ooh. he was there. Thumb up, you know what? Uh, here he's not doing anything currently. Let's put him in there. Well, then, how about giving us a match between the two? Yeah, you know, how about giving us a uh, Otis and Clearwater versus 
whoever, either nobodies or Magnum Muscle or whatever the case might be, and let's see them as a tag team. We're going to go, hey, look, they work pretty good. And yeah, have like an elimination match or something. where, uh, Or even a one-on-one match. These, are the, the, these two teams, the next the winner of this match gets the next shot. I mean, hell, if all they have to do since they got 7,211 championships is just put championship matches and number one contender matches on and at least everything will mean something. Put two wrestlers against or four wrestlers against each other and they'll be the next challenger for the U.S. tag belts. Put four wrestlers against each other, the next challenger for the women's tag belts. You know how they could have built this up a lot better? Instead of giving us uh, Ricky Morton in the ring, they could have made a, a- Odinson versus Jordan Clearwater match straight up. The country gentlemen get involved because they want to extract some revenge on Odinson, which makes Clearwater by de facto that you ruined his match. Now he wants some revenge. You put them together and then you have your tag match for next week. That would have made a hell of a lot more sense than what they did. Anything that just said there's a reason that this is happening. Not, you know, not I got my thumb up my ass and I need to well, this guy got hurt, so we're just going to substitute in someone else for no apparent reason. Yeah. There's, there's no history. There's no nothing. So, I mean, like I said, the simplest thing is put him in the ring with two other guys and say, and and then afterwards, Otison says, you know, I beat you with one partner. I can beat you with another one. Yeah. I reject okay. your reality and substitute my own. Yes, Exactly. All right, so let's get to the final match. This will do it for us after this. We can call it a night. But we get the final matchup of the night, a rematch from the pay-per-view. We've got EC3 defending his national championship against Thrillbilly Silas Mason with Poyle Del Mar. Uh, you get a very much muted Poyle in this match. Um, seemingly, uh, we mentioned this before, and I'm not accusing Silas of beating Poyle, but it seemed like a... Uh, almost like a battered wife situation. Like maybe some domestic violence was in their, uh, you know, backstory here. Cause it just seems she was a completely different person. She was muted. She, she only spoke when spoken to, she made sure to give through Billy some room so that he could walk to the ring and she followed behind him. Um, she looked defeated and uh, you know, the overman comes out with the national heavyweight championship Galley expresses the narrative that EC3 wants a shot at the 10 pounds of gold. I mean, they're they're not even hiding it, really. They're talking about it throughout the, the broadcast. Uh, you know, and again, uh, when we look back at 312 pay-per-view, the whole build to that, although, you know, off camera and outside of the ring was, um, was built for Adonis and Tyrus, uh, all the in-ring stuff was built towards EC3 and Tyrus. You know, he, he poached his manager, Black G's. They had that mixed tag match between, uh, not mixed tag, but it was Eric Jackson and Tyrus versus Black G's and um, EC3. Like, they were they were trying to get at him, and they've been picking at him for some time. So, yes, we kind of knew that this was coming, but why not just do that at 312? Anyways, um, this matchup was very competitive. Um, we saw EC3 being very, excuse me, we saw uh, Silas being very aggressive in the match, so much so that EC3 ducked out of the ring to clear his head, to, you know, to get some time off to kind of manipulate the situation, get in his head. Um, uh, Silas, like I said, he was very overwhelming. 
but when Carter finally does get back in the ring, the momentum slows down and it changes. Um, but but we still see a lot of power and a lot of offense from Silas Mason. Uh, at one point, uh, he hurts the hand of Throwbilly, which makes it ineffective to do the throw ride. He had he had EC3 in the throw ride, but uh, EC3 was able to wiggle his way out of it. He connected with his finishing move, but couldn't put away um, couldn't put away Silas Mason. At that point, he dives out of the ring. Uh, EC3 grabs the national championship, comes back in, and this is where Poyo gets involved. She first tries to grab the belt from him. When she's unsuccessful, she gets into the ring and literally stands between her man and the national champion. Unfortunately, uh, this just creates the opportunity for uh, EC3 to connect with that title belt to Silas's head. Not before Silas shoves Poyle to the ground and uh, to, to create that opportunity. Um, so uh, EC3 hits, hits Mason with the head. Referee's looking at Poyo. Covers them one, two, three matches over. Silas Mason's busted open. Uh, Thrillbilly is is down, and EC3 takes that time to hold up the national title for one last time before dropping it in the center of the ring. Uh, Joe Galley igniting, saying that this is now setting up the 75th anniversary night two main event, and that's it, man. That's power. DK, uh, what did you think of that match? Honestly, it wasn't very good. It this this wasn't the worst power ever. In fact, it may not even be in the top ten worst powers ever. But it wasn't a good episode. And one of the reasons it wasn't a good episode is that this is one of those matches where I really couldn't say, you know, in isolation. If you just look at the match, the match was good. I didn't find this one to be very good. I didn't find the story to be told very well. It didn't make sense. We don't, we've had almost nothing about the relationship between Polyon and Thrillbilly since he stepped over her. And it's just been bizarre. Is that the right word? And so, you know, this match, it's like he pushed it out of the way, and that's what enables the other guy to. You know, EC3 to hit him with the belt. It's just like, well, how'd that work for you, you freaking moron? <laughs> and it's, it's just like, what, what's going on? I mean, this was one big why episode. I don't understand why any of these things are happening, and you're not telling me anything. You're not helping me understand why any of these things are happening. And then, I mean, it's one thing if she would have cost him the match. Right. If she would have been playing tug of war and then let go of the belt. And when she let go of the belt, EC3 came off and smashed, uh, smashed what's his name, and uh, threw Billy in the head with it. And the referee was down. So he didn't see anything. And now he comes through and makes the pin. No, we don't get something like that where he can go and blame her. For costing the top, he cost himself the freaking title by being an idiot. Yep. And so, what's going on? What's going on? Someone explain all this crap to me, and then especially explain to me how this drop means he's giving up the belt to challenge Tyrus. What is 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 that a 
common sign language thing that I've never knew before. Uh, holding the belt out and dropping it, that that meant that you're challenging the world champion? You can't challenge a world champion otherwise? What? Why? Why, 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 why? <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, I don't understand. And you're not helping me understand. So, I mean, you got six weeks to build to this pay-per-view, and it's like you just started in the middle. Well, we know there weren't TV tapings, so... But there was a lot of stuff that actually happened between the last pay-per-view and this one started. We're just starting in the middle. Jaden, you have any thoughts on this match? Yeah, um, Silas's energy was different, and that makes me worried about him becoming a heel. Uh, I think what got him and the Southern Six over was their personality, their energy, and stuff like that. And they just were real life and behind the scenes, you know, the Southern Six. But if they're going to make them where the energy just isn't, the energy is different, it, it takes away what, um, what was special about Silas and Cyrus. Silas. No, Silas. Silas. It, uh, it takes away what's special. And it just makes them every other person. It's just, I don't know. It, I think this wasn't done right. Uh, everything about it wasn't done right, honestly. Didn't like it. Um, match was okay-ish. Again, the energy just was off on, on, on the thrill, Billy. And it just, I think it took away from that. I mean, the, say what you will, the Freebirds were heels, but they were no different as baby faces or heels. And that's what made them so popular when they were baby faces. I think they should have did the same thing with Cyrus and uh, Silas and um, the rest of the Southern Six if they're going to do something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, in Australia, they were at least kind of crazy badasses. Yeah, that's what the Freebirds were, and that's what they should be doing. Carrie uh, should be your Michael Hayes. The Thrillbilly should be your Terry Gordy, and the other guy whose name I can't remember should be getting his ass kicked and somehow still being able to be there every time, like Buddy Roberts. Alex Taylor, yeah. Hey, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you're wrong there. Uh, Jamming Music Man says, no wiser answer at LOL. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, real quick, uh, before we end the show, do want to give a shout-out to uh, the main event for night number one at the uh, NWA 75th anniversary show. Viva Van will be joining Natalia Markova and uh, Camille to take on Sexy Star, Lady Shiny, and I think it's Dally's uh, at Triple Mania, which happens in two days. Saturday, Triple Mania. I kind of wanted to go to that, but uh, it's at a baseball field and it's a lot of people and that's more people than I want to deal with. So uh, I won't be there, but... Um, I might get. I might check it out on fight later. So that's it. That's the end of it. Uh, Luther says NWA is a lasty episode that starts with Timmy already down in the well. Don't ask why. Just watch the dog run. That's it's pretty ap appropriate, uh, guys. That's gonna do it for us tonight. I do appreciate you guys being here each and every uh, Thursday night with us. Uh, it's always fun talking to you guys, even if. Uh, it sounds like we're not having a good time. We actually are. Uh, we enjoy the NWA uh, from a different level. 
but uh, we're always glad to share our uh, pessimism with you, the uh, the pain audience. Uh, but uh, we'll be back here on Tuesday. I will be for the free party. The other guys will be here on Wednesday. And, of course, we'll be back next Thursday to uh, talk more NWA. Hopefully we'll have some good show next week to go over. As far as USA goes, we don't have an answer. But uh, as soon as we do, we'll let you know. Until next time, we'll see you at the matches. Oh, yeah. Visit alliance-wrestling.com. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.